Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. So we're coming in hot with season two. I mean, it's a little chilly out. Yeah, it's gotten kind of cold. <laughs> Summer's over. Officially. And now that it's fall, it's time to get back to work. And we, we had a very enjoyable summer. Did some things. Some stuff. Some one stuff. or two. Might have gone to Italy and might have put a ring on your finger. Got got a little married. Got hitched. And there was definitely some pressure to continue the podcast week after week, year round. And then we just had that moment where we're like, what? Why? Let's take a breather. Let's regroup in the fall and have a whole new season with some awesome new guests. It was a good choice. I definitely think it was a necessary option. Now we're back in the studio, reinvigorated, renewed for season two. And we can start off with a bang. Yeah, we got some new amazing guests this time around. And number one is Darius Washington. Yeah, we're going big with this first one. And I I don't know if this was a smart move or not, but I posted on Facebook just a few hours before that we were going to have him on and the thread just blew up with some great questions from a lot of people who know Darius from the music scene and just being in the Seattle area. And yeah, it was mid episode, I pulled out my phone to be like, oh, have we hit all these points? And we had hit every single one without even attempting to. I love that. I love that it just all came up organically. Just and flowed. Yeah, it was good stuff. And he's family. So I think just having those conversations with him is even easier. And I don't know what we cut it off at like the two hour mark. So please stay with this. Listen to it. I'm excited to listen to it. But yeah, his positivity level is just right where we need it. Like the same level that we want to resonate at. So that was really awesome. I think our rapport has been built so much in prior conversations that this podcast felt easy. We could have talked for way longer than the two hours we talked. Well, it just means we'll have to do another one with him. He's got some stuff coming up, some big changes. So it'll be interesting too to regroup with him maybe in season three and see where he's at. Yeah. Maybe if you guys have any other questions for him, <laughs> leave some, some comments about this. There was an important question that came up on the Facebook thread today after we had already recorded because we recorded last night. And the question was boxers, briefs, or commando. And I was like, oh, how did we not ask him that? So check for the answer <laughs> to that or feel free to ask any future questions. So without further ado, Darius Washington. All right. Well, welcome everybody to the Gravity Lift podcast. Today we have one of our favorite people ever in the studio, Mr. Darius Washington. Welcome. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. hello. Family. Yes. He's our family. Yes. Yeah. So I would love for you to give a little backstory on who the heck is Darius Washington? Where did you come from? Where do you go? Where do you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Well, let's see. (laughs) My name is Darius Washington. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. Born, uh, born, born in New Orleans, Louisiana. Nice. Um, I've lived here for the better, better part of 15 years now. Um, went to the University of Washington, and I've stayed in Seattle ever since. Is that how you got here? Was you done? Yeah. Well, no. I moved here with my family nice. um, back in the day when I was younger. My dad's a pastor, so we moved here to do some church things. Um, and we ended up staying. Um, he had one of his brothers that was in the military here, and... Uh, we came up to visit and liked it and 
ended up staying here. I have not been to New Orleans. Have you, Jordan? No. Yeah. So how is like what's what's it like compared to here? Was the, that a big transition at that age? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The South is a very different place compared to Washington. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of diversity here. Not so much there. So it was a good change of pace. Very refreshing. Yeah. yeah you posted a um, video. Not to start off on a on a downer front, but you posted that video <clears throat> of your hometown. Yeah. Of some some cancer, cancer stuff Alley, going yeah. on. It's one cancer of the. Alley. It's I think it's uh, one of the highest percentage of cancer per capita in, like the United States. Wow. Um, and it's a very 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 small town, so. So low diversity, but also uh, a high level of I don't know not being taken care of or realized <laughs> yeah. and respected as yeah, people. Some some things in the South really haven't changed. It's mm-hmm. still very backwards and non-progressive so do you visit at all do you go um, i try to get back at least once a year sometimes when the schedule permits twice a year but normally try to get back at least once a year and you still have family there all of my family besides oh, nice. my immediate family nice yep and then what so you got here you went to UW. was that like general going to college or was there at that time was there kind of a game plan with the college route um i don't know if there was necessarily a game plan it was more of me kind of doing the quintessential things you do after high school checklist yeah <laughs> go to high school get your diploma go to college get your degree that kind of thing what was your degree in i have a degree in social administration oh yeah so i guess you can kind of say i'm working in that field yeah a little bit i would or, say yeah. so i'd say you're fairly social yeah <laughs> can be <laughs> and then when did you two meet <clears throat> oh geez so well, i know this story. It, yeah take it all the way back to 2000 i think 11 um i'm pretty sure because i had just graduated college and came home and i was in the scene <laughs> down in california and doing my own thing um well I think the first time we ever had an interaction, you were still in college. Yeah. So I, I was going to say, we had a conversation about this like last week yeah. at our wedding. Yeah. That was a few weeks ago. But uh, okay. Well, so I Darius was playing on C89.5. And I Dave and I used to listen to Nocturnal Transmission and other C89.5 shows together. And so like he'd be in Washington at, in Pullman and I'd be in California and we'd be listening to a podcast together at the same time. And we what would a cute text date. about it <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> and then I called in and what was the song I requested? I was playing Rebound by Artie and Matt Zoe. I think I, I think I was just playing live in the mix and yeah. you guys called in during that point of the, the mix and, <laughs> and did you know who he was at that time or is that how you discovered yeah him? i never met him nope. no like as a as an artist no. in the seattle area okay well so that was the thing so i was down at school and i was listening to trance music mm-hmm. and trance music was my thing personally and that's what dave and i would listen to together and then so when i ended up coming home that was the only like experience of Darius that I had known. And then I get home and all of my friends are like huge fanboys. <laughs> yeah. They're like all about Darius. Well, that was only like a year after me starting to DJ. Was, wow. Because I graduated in 2009 and started DJing that summer. So it was only about a year into me playing music in Seattle. So what was your gateway into that? Into trance or? Or into just playing music. You mm. got done with school and you're like, I'm going to be a DJ. <laughs> frat parties. <laughs> I think that's kind of one of the frat parties side yeah. of things. Mm. And I just enjoyed playing music. And I bought my first set of turntables, like actual techniques. Because um, I always collected records. And I never thought about really like DJing. I just bought, 
techniques to play my records. Yeah. But um, that summer, things kind of changed, and I ended up um, entertaining some friends at my house with my techniques and showing them some house music records yeah. and some trance. I remember Dead Mouse was really good. I had the longest road, yeah. and I had that on record. And friends came over like, dude, why aren't you DJing? I was like, you're... Let's try it. And I think probably like two or three weeks later, I went and bought some, at that time, the cream of the crop was CDJ 1000s. And I bought some CDJs and that was like... The... Now, do you still have oh. some of that vinyl though? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Good. Absolutely. Hang on to that. <laughs> yeah, got it. It's timeless. <laughs> do you ever pull those out and play with it? No, not too often yeah. anymore. Not a whole lot of space for... Finally, live downtown Seattle. <laughs> Seattle life. <laughs> yeah. I've got a room dedicated to my vinyl. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I didn't. I didn't realize that was. Yeah, and, I and so then you were a fanboy too, obviously. Yeah, and okay. all my all my friends were just big fans, and I came home and I, uh, my parents got me as a graduation present two thousand and eleven dollars because I graduated in two thousand eleven. So it's just like their gimmicky Damn, thing. Nice. I know yeah. it was a big score, and so I bought. Uh, Two CDJ uh, 900s. Or no. Yeah. yeah I, I think, think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it, was just, it just made me pause for a sec because you were like 1000s. And I was like, wait, I went back to 900s? Yeah, like, dude. what am I doing? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, good times. But so I just decided to get into DJing as well. And so I came back and met you and was like, I would love to DJ sometime. So I was like, I'm going to go out and listen to all these people in Seattle throw down. Uh, and then... I remember one time I, um, I, we were, I had done stuff with Insomniac. And so I'd had a conversation with you once we had kind of gotten some dialogue going and actually met each other. And then I came and did, what was it? Freak night. I came and helped you with freak night for stuff. And I like, I met Chad and like met the whole crew and came (laughs) and did it. And I was going to be like your assistant for a while. And then I was like, I can't drive out to Seattle from the east side every single day during rush hour traffic to like intern for music. I was like, that's just, that's not feasible. Oh my God. Jordan has a better memory than I do. There's been so much. It's crazy that you remember that. And then I was walking out of, uh, it wasn't even Wamu. It was CenturyLink Field. We had a meeting at CenturyLink and I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And I'm walking out and I meet Christy and Jason and they were like, oh, you've got a nice car. You want to drive for us? And I was oh, like, that's how sure. that happened. Okay. And suddenly it was like, oh, now I'm driving for them. And so then through that, I got to be behind the scenes with Darius <clears throat> for a bunch of different things. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I remember coming home and me, just like every other beginner DJ, was like, Darius, <laughs> hey Darius, can you get me a gig? <laughs> can you get me a gig, dude? I'm really good. Come on. And uh, I remember there was probably the greatest thing you ever did for me was not get me a gig. You were kind of like, you got to hustle. Got to hustle. Got to do your own thing. Yeah. yeah. And when Taught and I started work ethic. getting our own shows and getting our own thing going, and then all of a sudden you were like, here. Yeah. <laughs> got to work for it. You earned it. Gotta Go work for, for it. it. So is that still kind of how it goes? Do you have a lot of the new up-and-comers beating down your door going, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But at this point in my life, I'm all about giving the opportunities and blessing those people that – that blessed me, you know. Yeah. And <clears throat> when you're in a platform, when you're on, when you have the platform to be able to do something like, you know, cultivate your community by bringing other DJs into the fold, mm-hmm. it's like that's truly a blessing for me to be able to bless others that way. So yeah, is there anything that catches your eye? Are, are there any mm, traits or styles? First or... and foremost, musical taste. Yeah, I think sure. that's really important. 
really, really. So, important. are they sending you mixes, or are you checking? Mixes. I mean, how do you know what their taste is? Um, most often, people send me mixes. Okay, yeah. nice. Or uh, smoke signals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> however, however. Like. Yeah, and so is there any anything beyond that though? Because I mean, you can have good musical taste, but like beyond that, is there any type of mm, I don't know general vibe that you're looking to? help stoke in this area you obviously have to care a lot about your community and be a good person Mm -hmm. i think those are very important attributes and being a local dj you got to care about your community and the music and the people around you so yeah i think those are also things that i look for and i'm trying to help someone get to the next level yeah Yeah, you've gotten to a level two where there's so many different venues and routes that can be taken Mm -hmm. uh so it's not like someone will just come to you for house music or right. trance music right you've got all these different venues and ways that you've influenced the scene that people can come to you for a lot more than just that like back when i like i didn't even know you played house music back when we first met yeah trance was just primarily like, trance at that point and it was trance 2.0 so yeah. it's basically house but yeah <laughs> <laughs> good times uh yeah what i love is that's great too is the difference between someone that just pops into the scene and says i want to be a dj and you've never heard anything about them they just started coming out into the scene versus people who've been around for a long time and like one little shout out specific that i want to give is to someone like mike devlin Mm -hmm. who like came out to foundation all the time we were playing there was always dancing front row would talk to us nicest guy ever and then all of a sudden now he's throwing his own shows and doing his own big stuff and it's been like you've you've been here and you've made the connections with people. Um, and I think that's important for longevity in this industry. I agree. There's yeah. a lot of people that will come and they will burn bright and they will fizzle out. But also at the, at the same time, those, those, there are those guys that are your bedroom DJs, your bedroom producers True. that don't necessarily have that outlet or don't necessarily come out and are still trying to make their way into this whole scary world of DJing. <laughs> and it's pretty crazy. So, yeah. You know, so <laughs> those are also the people that you have to like look out for and, and notice when they're, you know, needing that extra push to get to that next level. Because not all of us have that like gusto to just go out and do for ourselves. And some, some people need a leg up. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think that um, there's some that have a little bit more of that go get them almost entrepreneurial aspect of knowing how to market themselves. But a lot of people have no clue where to start. No no idea. They're looking up at you going, I want to be where you are. Like, how do I get where you are? And it can probably feel really overwhelming. Yeah, (laughs) because you spent a long time getting to where you are. And uh, And it hasn't been easy for, for one second. You know, it's definitely been a lot of hard work and blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of playing at 8 o'clock and playing at 7 o'clock and, you know, a lot of a lot of hard work. So, And I think that's what it takes. And it shows that you're willing to go the extra mile to be that person that you want to be in the future, I guess, right. or the DJ you want to be. Would you have anything that you would tell your early DJ self as far as, like, you know, le- not necessarily lessons, but just – like something to kind of quell the anxiousness and to give that maybe that little leg up that you maybe needed back then? Mm-hmm. I would say at the beginning, I would say take the gigs that you, you can take because yeah. you're a new DJ and you're starting out. But as you develop your craft, I think quality over quantity is better 
for your longevity because you can play every show every weekend and people get tired of seeing you you know you can, your friends are only going to come out the first 10 times in a row you play so exactly. you keeping that longevity is like you choosing and picking the shows that are like, i wouldn't say exclusive but that kind of mean a little something so we were just talking about that the yeah. other day i i appreciate the gusto of some of the people on in the scene right now i really appreciate it but at the same time i'm like whoa yeah. that's a lot slow, down. slow, <laughs> slow down. your roll make slow me miss down. you a little yeah. bit <laughs> you know so i'm excited just, it's just so easy to get excited yeah. about yeah. playing. And if people can come out and see you every Friday and Saturday night, like they're not going to come out when it's really truly special. I guess. Right, yeah. right. And then you're saving up to you're you're putting maybe more effort and thought into right. what is your process for that. So when you have a show, let's say I want two different processes. So what's your what's your process for a local gig at a at a venue that maybe you play on the regular versus more of a bigger event or a festival is <laughs> that there like a changed. different creative process yeah. tremendously yeah. over the years I want to hear how it's because evolved, for sure. when i first started I, I would go and have these two hour three hour programming times where i would sit down and map out all my keys and vibes and flow of things and then you know you get into this 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 motion you're like well i, I have this set list planned for the show and but the vibe could change. The room could be different. Yeah. I could be playing an hour later or playing an hour before, you know, and you, you, you don't really, I guess you don't really, <clears throat> you can't really plan for the way a night's going to turn out. So pre-planning a set, I feel that that's a little bit more difficult because you're not really getting into the, the flow of the energy of the room and mm. who's there, who's dancing, who's not dancing. And I think that's all, that all comes into play when you're a local DJ. Yeah, I feel or that DJ way. in general, not I just feel that way DJ. as a yoga teacher. I'm the exact same way. I cannot plan classes. I no. can't. I mean, I can, but then I get there. I'm like, this isn't right, and I scrap it. So <laughs> I, I guess I would say now my my process is just like I have a ton of tracks that are either fitting my mood, mm. the things that are happening in my life, what you um, want to share, what I yeah. want to share, the journey that I'm on, the emotions that I'm feeling. 10 minutes ago or two hours ago <laughs> or yesterday um and those those kind of go into what i'm going to be playing in, in the night of show so i don't really pick or choose anymore i just put a list of tracks that kind of feel good to me and then i play off of the room and the energy the feelings nice. the vibe yeah i've found that a lot lately um i feel like i'm finally getting into my own stride as a dj right because there is that over planning that goes into everything he was planning planning fool forever and, and i was like what are you doing over there stressing yourself into well, a i was there <laughs> yeah I was there. yeah and you you hear people that are so vocal on social media about one thing being specifically one that this way like you can't pre-plan anything or someone being like you have to do everything in mixed and key and then someone being like no fuck that you do everything in mixed but and see, key and you're like that's also another thing i want to stress like just trust the process like mm -hmm. you, your process yeah. doesn't have to be my process your, your my process doesn't have to be yours but i feel like whatever way you have to convey that music or that energy you're trying to convey to your crowd or people in front of you you do it yeah. And I think that's the that's been hugely important for me and that I've noticed since day one is like, I guess I'll take it back a step. People always ask me like, will you DJ my wedding or something? And I'm <laughs> like, no, I'm not a DJ. Like, I, I don't consider myself a DJ because I don't have that arsenal of... And weddings are hard. Yeah, <laughs> real weddings hard. Are really hard. People dude. hustle for yeah. those. And so for me, it's like, I, 
I think more of what I am as a performer. Right. Like I'm, I'm going up there for an hour and I'm performing for you. Right. Now, yes, the, the vast majority of that goes into my song selection. And some of it goes into your mixing and transition and techniques. But a lot of it is your presence. Right. You on stage. And people people come for your oh, presence. Man. And stage they stay for presence your presence. presence is super, super important. There's so often I see DJs just not feeling the music. And maybe they are feeling the music in their heads. They're just not showing They're it. They're just not yeah. showing it. And I feel that you can't really expect people to really be jamming and vibing your music if they don't see you doing the same thing you know exactly. you want to have the same energy that your music has and that that's going to come true come through while you play that the, that music so yeah that's that's been a huge key that i think is difficult huge as well key. is when you're <laughs> when you're doing an opening set like i remember you and i had a conversation about this in early foundation days was like the 10 o'clock slot is the hardest slot. The 9, when you open, easy. The easy. 11, you can kind of bang out of it. Yeah, that 10, 10 that in between. Yeah. And I'm, uh, shout out for the show we're playing. We're playing for uh, Justin J. At this Q. Thursday. It's my birthday. Birthday. Darius's birthday. Come party. Little, some dirty bird action. But the reason I bring that up too is that that's a very specific niche show. The style of music is going to be played there. And so the reason I bring it up is that's that difficulty in the 10 o'clock slot or whatever opening slot that you're playing is playing chilled out enough that you're not going to overdo the headliner, but also showing yourself. Right. And that takes so much more digging it's and difficulty to like find. So this one's kind of been tough in its own way. It's like, how do you find enough music to like put it together and be like, I, this is what I have. Um, it's just complicated. It It is. But it's also simple at the same time. <laughs> just be you. Just be you and do what you just be do, you do and you take do people yeah. on a little yeah. adventure. If you can't dance to this track, I love it. then don't play it. Right. If if you if you're not feeling this track, or don't play it. Vibing, yeah. I mean yeah. you the biggest power we have is power to choose. So yeah. yeah. Choosing the correct uh select selections uh for the evening are I mean, it's up to you. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, and I think that's where it's so it's not really about a poker face, but let's just say somebody like they're taking the route and then they pick a song that they immediately regret, you know, and you see it on their face and they're like, fuck, that did not work how I wanted it to. How do I get out of this as Classic. soon as possible? And instead, I'm like, just roll with yeah. it. Pretend like you did that shit on purpose. You yeah. love that song. Yeah. It's your favorite song. And then masterfully make your way out of it. Or, but like, Or play the same song twice. <laughs> That's like the same thing. You just got to pretend that this is one. 10 minute song totally intentional exactly <laughs> yeah there's nothing worse I, it's same it's same in the yoga world like you can't I don't know you can't apologize when you when things go a route that you hadn't planned you right? just gotta keep you just, going right yeah you just say alright well this is where we're going I <laughs> guess let's do at. it <laughs> yeah I love it though I love seeing you up on the big stage too it was awesome <clears> to watch you at Paradiso the last couple of years and um, we had my daughter and her friends with us this year, and we we're like, "Oh, we gotta go watch Jerry's play on on main stage." And they're like, "What? He's on main stage?" Yeah. And we're like, "Yeah." Oh, the main stage. Yeah. So Such how does that blessing. feel? What does that feel like oh, to you? Um, it's exhilarating. It's like one of the best things you can you can do. I think you know, especially playing. What's on a stage with such energy and production and vibes and people just 
having like the time of their lives it's like no better feeling i haven't felt anything better than that <laughs> well and then you so. get the blessing of it being compounded with the production aspect right. like everything that is around you that beyond what you're playing in that moment you've helped create right and it's pretty mind-blowing for us we've been the last however many years and just watching the production scale up and the performers and it's just been beautiful it's yeah, been really it's, cool it's it's your baby it is my baby it is it is and it's 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 really crazy to go from being at the gorge when there's like no one there and and having this vision of how you want things to be and then coming in and setting all those things up and executing and the show going on and then being able to play on that stage where like you've you've helped create that environment so there's i i'm haven't come across it and then the aftermath when everybody leaves and you're like what yeah what oh. just happened <laughs> like talk about decompression yeah. you really need to take a second i'm sure after all that yeah or a week yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. do like, you love a lot of work. doing festivals i love doing festivals it's it's something <clears throat> there's there's nothing like creating experiences for other people that they get to take out take with them throughout their year you know you don't know what people's day-to-day lives are but to know that they're coming there to, to release yeah. from all of that stuff and yeah. you get to create that lasting experience in their brain that's, yeah. that's some people shape right their there. entire year oh, around yeah. it yeah. their job schedule to Everything. be able to get time off yeah. to be able to make enough money to go yeah and to be able to bring that to people is like what's truly special and really important to me and i'm blessed to be able to been able to been able to do that for so many years it's really cool do you have any tips because we so i don't know if we've told you this but obviously we teach at festivals and we love it but one of our bigger goals at one point is to throw a big scale event not not necessarily just music like paradiso but something that is you know kind of in the realm of all the different types of community connection music yoga vibes that we do um it's obviously going to be a, a ways off <laughs> it's a big project it's a, a lot big of projects. project yes but do you have any tips for people like us that we're we're we know like that's gonna happen at one point but like how do we help put ourselves on the right trajectory for that i think um I will say that event planning is probably the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life, um, but it's worth it because of the the reward afterwards. You're getting to share this experience with other people. Um, but <clears throat> my tips would be just to like stay resilient because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of busy work. Um, it never stops. It's twenty four hour a day job. You're always on call. Um, but at the end of the day, it's we're not curing cancer. Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're throwing events that make people happy. So you also have to bring yourself down a bit and realize that that's what we're doing. We're creating those experience and experience some people and you have to keep it light. But yeah. at the same time, there's a lot that goes into throwing events. There's so much planning. Um, so I would be ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We keep saying we need to align ourselves with the right people. Right. Too. And it's trying to do it just the two of us. Obviously, really it's never going to happen. To have a great team of people yeah. around you that have specific skill sets that go into throwing a festival like if you have a guy that's good at setting up festival tents that it's good to have that guy (laughs) you're our guy yeah Yeah, exactly so it's it's nice to have those people that have those specific skills skill sets on your team because they're gonna enhance the overall product because yeah we can't be good at everything right and i don't claim to be good at everything (laughs) and like i I have my specific things that i'm good at in throwing a festival and i leave the rest of the people that are good at those specific things yeah yeah, we definitely have a few people in at least in this area that we're eyeing. Some up and comers would 
similar <laughs> not like vibes that they're putting out you know positive kind of create right. change trying to do some things that are maybe on deeper levels than right. just like hey let's go party right so we're, i think that's part of what we're doing too right now is we're in the we're in the observance phase. I like, don't think you guys are going to have any problem finding <laughs> who you some, need to be successful in the festival world. I think you guys will have a... There's some good people. Pretty good people around. Yeah. Who's catching your eye right now? Anybody locally or even maybe beyond that's inspiring you musically or... <sighs> or I mean, you're such a creative, so it doesn't even have to be music, like style, fashion, like what's kind of catching your eye and, and who are people that you're interested in following? Oh, that's a good question. Um... As far as art goes right now, I've been really into David LaChapelle. I don't know if you guys know who David LaChapelle is. No. He's like a famous celebrity photographer, but he creates these crazy avant-garde scenes yes, that are I like way different than like your quintessential, you know, I'm going to go stand in front of a bridge and take a shot, you know, take a uh, photo. Um, so that guy really inspires me, inspires my creativity on the the costume side of things. He inspires my creativity on the decor side of things. Nice. Um, so that's, that's the one person that pops up in my mind right now. Have you ever thought about going that fashion route or more of, I don't know, away from the music a little bit more into the, you're, you it's, have such a creative eye. The future eye. is very bright. Oh, okay, okay. Very bright. <laughs> Are you using your safety word now? <laughs> Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> okay. Not quite, but the future is very bright. Okay, we're there's keeping a, an eye out. A, there's a lot of cool things coming up in the future. I'm really excited about all of them, nice. so stay tuned. Nice. Well, I've always been pretty floored by your fashion sense and... I don't know. Even just like when you walked in, you smelled so good. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you that has been so that has good. been something since the very beginning. Like uh, somebody posted about it, they were like, "It wasn't about you specifically, but it was like about smells." Like the first thing someone is going to notice you when they give you a hug is how you smell. Yeah. yeah. And Darius, every like I've so complimented good. you so many damn times. Just hug you like, oh god, do you smell good. Well, did you see that? Oh, on point. I did. I'm going to answer that, that question oh, right now for you? him. Yes. So I don't know if Jordan saw it, but we asked questions on Facebook earlier of like, all right, we know you guys love and adore Darius. Like any questions that you guys have for him and <laughs> Where was it? It was Anthony Samaha says, "What did you spray?" I'm gonna I'm gonna find it and ask <laughs> you have to find it <laughs> so I can answer the question for him. Yeah, he, he, I deny him every time he asks. He like, said, this is the perfect time. What to cologne answer. did you spray on me with? Wait, what cologne did Darius spray me with at that one under the bridge Georgetown party? Very specific. You know that this? That was actually at the beach club barbecue oh okay and so it's fairly recent yeah it was okay. like about last month I think. okay um and that was diptyque, diptyque and it was called tempo by diptyque 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 d-i-p-t-y-q-u-e <laughs> oh nice. diptyque tempo huh. tempo yeah Okay. The smelly goods. I like it. He How must have you... had something like awesome happen that night. And he's yeah. like, yo, Darius, well, what he, did you spray well, he texts me. He's like, I woke up and my pillows still smell like I was like, that's good cologne. And that's I think people awesome. like confuse cologne and perfume. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm thinking that the cologne's for a man and perfume is for a woman. That couldn't right. be more true. Like perfume is, and cologne are just the amount of, the amount of alcohol to oil in each you know right so i usually wear perfumes or out of parfait mm-hmm. or instead of out of toilette because the oils stay on your skin and in your clothing longer so mm. you don't have to reapply 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, my you philosophy professor. You gotta get out of that man section. Yeah, my philosophy professor Buckley though. Um, he like he always smelled fantastic too, and he's told me a few of his like go tos. And I remember, and they're definitely um, colognes. But I went with uh, to look at some of the ones he told me about, and they were super expensive. <laughs> and I was like, eee, all right, I'll yeah, get a tiny bottle of that one. It's not cheap. To smoke well, we figured yeah. out that samples are fantastic. Yes, they are. We just go to Sephora and we just. I haven't been in a while because you don't wear it very often. No, but so I've had apple pie one or whatever that was. That one's so delicious. I don't remember. It kind of smells like apple pie to me. Yeah, if anyone needs any fragrance help, take me to Nordstrom's. I'll help you. Got you. Dude. Uh, let's make that, that happen. Like a fun <laughs> date. Let's, do let's make a video out of that one. So do you have to have him with you? Because could I take you with me to get him something like for well, Christmas? Or is it better for him to be there so you can smell it on him? I don't know how that works. Everyone has like different oils, you know, in your body. Mm-hmm. Different pheromones. So I, I would recommend going because it's hard to buy cologne or perfume for someone. For because like else. the way it smells on my skin cannot smell. Mm-hmm. Can't. I mean, couldn't spell that way on yours, so. Okay, well, you guys can go shopping together to get your Christmas present from me. <laughs> yeah, See, and, and then I won't tell you. We'll, we'll try. We'll try three or four different ones, and I won't there tell you, you which one. And then you can I give me the list. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, because like Easy. I've now that I'm even more now that I'm married, like I have. I feel like I don't have the same need to like smell good. I'm not going yes, out, but then do. the more we have this conversation, <laughs> the more I'm like, oh shit, so yeah, no matter what. Besides I your shoes, house it's good. like the first and last thing people remember, right? You remember when you smell good. Yeah. yeah. I, I like I, that. Compliment. I've got a bad shoe game too, though, so you might have to help me out there. I like Let's your do it. Shoes. <laughs> I like your shoes. He gets kind of made fun of. She just loves sometimes. me. I know. And so she's helps. happy to support me all the time. He's like, babe, should I wear my space shoes? I'm like, yeah, wear your space shoes. And we go out and people are like, dude, are you the wearing The fuck are you wearing space shoes? Antonella <laughs> told me they were cool. I like them. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not the most stylish. Nah, How did you get, right. I mean, have you always been stylish? Were you the just co- I'm, po- collar pop? Collar popping kid? I'm going to blame both of those things, both the cologne and the... I guess the fashion sense of my parents because mm. we grew up going to church, you know, and so oh, yeah. they would always, they probably had more fancy duds than they had of like normal people clothing because they're in church two or Sunday three times best, a week. Yeah. yeah. So, and I remember being a kid and <clears throat> on my mom and dad's vanity, there would just be bottles of colognes and perfumes and I've, they would always kind of gift the, the last three quarters of the bottle to either my sisters or I. And that's kind of how we started having these like collections of wow. perfumes and colognes. And that's that's been the way I been since I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Yeah. Um, and same with fashion. They just... Always make sure if they were going to the grocery store, my mom was done up. You know, if my dad was going to the auto parts store, he was done up. So it's kind of I don't leave the house without. Well, I know fresh. the first time I fell in love with you was at Burning Man. So I was like, oh yeah, this guy smells good at Burning Man. He looks good at Burning Man. He he's doing it. Like that was that was the moment where I think you you had a whole tent just for. Your gear, costumes. like your clothes. Yep. It's like this is my tent for the costumes. Yeah, we'll sleep this is over where here. Where we change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was one hell of a year. We yeah. won't even get into the craziness. Maybe that's we will, a whole. Yeah. That's podcast yeah. two or three. So you didn't go this but, year. Nope. No. Didn't go this so year. what I was gonna say yeah. was that that year, I remember you first started showing up, Darius, and I was like, "What is all this shit?" She's like, "We cannot fit all of this." <laughs> there stuff. was so, so many bags. She's like, "What are we gonna do with all of this?" And then we get to Burning Man. She's like, "All right, I yeah. see you." <laughs> Because it was You've your done first this. burn. It was, was my like, first burn. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. 
there that that much was required but i mean it's not required but it's definitely nice to have yeah multiple costumes uh, and cushy things to lay on how was it for you to not go this year um we so, were FOMOing hard. I was, <laughs> but at the same time, I know there's like so much on my plate that I have to get accomplished in yeah. the next um, few months of my life, and ten days in the desert just didn't really same sound that appealing. Yeah, in that process, there was as people were getting ready, I was bummed. Yeah, the amount of people I know that went this year was yeah, more than I've ever known bummed. before. Well, but then once they were gone and they stopped <laughs> they fucking stopped posting on it. social yeah. media, was cool. I, I was fine with it. Until like, y'all oh. got back. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'm a little bit. But it, it was very similar for us. We actually planned on going all the way up until June. Actually, and then, I did as well. Yeah, and then we're like, if it's this stressful already and we're not there yet, that doesn't bode well for, right. for the experience. Because we've so. had the hardest experience yes, you ever. can have. Yeah, yeah I don't I can say that yeah, for because the, I was with you. But yeah. the thing we're alluding to that I guess we'll just like give to people is we brought Darius into our RV situation. And it was Antonel's first burn, my second, your... You I had been there several seventh, times. Yeah. yeah, seventh. And uh, we went down in something that I thought was a trusty, dusty old RV. And it died on us like seven times. On the way there. On the way there. Uh, and took 72 days to get home. So just the, the <laughs> chaos yeah. surrounding that there was there was a lot of difficulties, a lot more than we'll ever get into. But it was like that was such a difficult time and trying time in our lives, and to do it alongside someone who like I respected so much and that I like wanted to impress. His heart like, was. I so wanted to fresh. impress you so much. Dude. I was like, I'm going to Burning Man it, with it was fucking Darius. Still, when we got there on Monday, it was still the most amazing week I've yeah. had at Burning right? Man. Right? It, it was, was great. so beautiful. It was beautiful. Once we got there and we left all the drama behind us and we were just like, I think we all made that very conscious choice of we're not sure how we're going to get home but we're going to get through we're going to be here for yeah. the next week and we're just going to not worry about that part and i think that we did that beautifully and it was such yeah. a amazing experience and but yeah i know that he was particularly crushed about not that we were yes going through those challenges and the travels was frustrating it was more so that you know he didn't want that for you no he knew that he and i could get through that i appreciate it and i've been a burning man a a few times now and there's always challenges if there isn't a challenge and it's not quite burning man has how i see it because you're going there and you're building your life for a week and there's hiccups you know and yeah it's a lot of planning that goes into taking the trip to burning man but i can say that i would not have rather gone on that crazy (laughs) journey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with anyone else besides you two you guys made it what it was and even though there's some unfortunate times it was still a really beautiful experience and i learned a lot about myself in that time of frustration and yeah you know we really wanted to be there and then we had some other things happen when we <laughs> arrived yeah and it it, it, well, it and allowed we were... us to connect more than right. i think we would have like Bernie man has totally. such a rapport for you go with people and you lose them and you right. do your own thing. Right. And like, yeah, that always happens and it happened with us. But like, I think that gave us a lot of time to really connect and like go through some difficulties together right. and realize like, all right, this is still good. I would say that like out of all of my burns, I was probably the most prolific. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the most challenging. I also learned the most. I learned about like what I needed as a person. I learned, I learned about what I needed in a lover. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. 
so yeah yeah we bonded big time yes we did we did <laughs> yes, after we that did. i was like that's my man yeah <laughs> anytime i see it i'd be like oh i get all emotional because yeah nobody else really gets that experience no and i'm sure everybody says that about their burns right oh i, I bonded with this person and it was you know no one will get what we went through but like i, I genuinely feel that way and um I don't know. We'll be back. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe not for a couple of years, but we'll we'll be back. Yeah, I'm not too worried. By long as the world keeps turning, out, will probably still be Burning Man. So yeah, we'll we'll get back out there. Did you see the plane this year? <laughs> That's been four years in the making, and yeah. four years I've been looking at when that. When he thing. saw the video of it going through the town to get there, he was so upset. When he was like, like no! taking down power yep. lines yeah. so this can go down the street. Yeah, like, they're finally getting it there. And I we're want not a party going. on a plane. And apparently, it, like moved during it, so they like found a way to like tow it around a little bit uh, on the playa. Lots of space to do that. Yeah, it's pretty open. That's right. We'll be back. And when we go back, we have to coordinate with Darius so that we have the appropriate costumes and attire. Oh, yeah. I and mean, my costume game has has stepped up. We have a bunch of it in our <laughs> shed still. So I feel like we need to coordinate a little bit for this Thursday. Since I, you guys are playing on the same I would love together. to. Okay. I've been trying, you know, like, since I, obviously we're not at Burning Man. So the, the parties that I played around Burning Man, I kind of wanted to make sure I was in my Burning Man yeah. best. Bring the, bring the vibes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Like, on well, Sunday? Beach Club on Sunday, yeah, yeah. exactly. Which was great, by the way. That was so fun. Shout out Studio 44. Uh, some good vibes over there. They're killing it right yeah. now. Always kill it. Yeah. That's true. That's, that's definitely good. one that's uh, been on my list that like I would love to play Studio 44 sometime. So I'll, I'll manifest that in my CC, own CC, Sean Majors. Yeah. <laughs> is, so is Beach Club, is that pretty much wrapped up? Is that, that just a summer one. thing? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And so now it'll go into Habitat is kind of the transition. Yep. We haven't been to one of those yet, but the pictures look beautiful. The venue is beautiful. Okay. It's all box hedge. All it's, the habitat is the, a perfect name for it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. At first, I think we were both confused on what exactly. And Jordan was like, "No, I think it moves from place to place." And I was like, "I think this is an actual no, venue." It's the. I think it's called the Now or Never. Okay. Or the Here and Now, or. <laughs> I think Now or Never. Now or Never, and it's underneath it the Rhino Room. Okay. So it's like below all of this. So what, what what I think is like Sean was just making a post about how like Studio 44 like has moved locations but is right. still alive. Yeah. And I think I thought at the moment that that was kind of one of those like rather than have a venue that this is Studio 44 like Q was Studio 44 right. on Thursdays. I thought maybe he was doing kind of like a, a traveling whatnot. Um, Popping up to different places. Which, which I guess is kind of um, I'm sure you've heard people talking about uh, APOG. On social media, and yeah, grass. I actually have heard a, a lot about Apog. Yeah, it's something I want to want to check out next year. It yeah. seemed so, like it was really good. So the reason I'll bring it up is I don't know if they're gonna do it or not. They may stay with that same place, but one idea that I had for them was the, the whole idea behind any patch of grass is uh, the crew of friends that like uh, I went to Burning Man with my first time. Right, uh, they were just like. We don't need a festival. We can just literally have a patch of grass and we can throw a festival with our own friends. A and few of the key fun. players were at our wedding. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Like Amanda and RJ, and RJ and Brad. Yeah. That group. And Evan. Yeah. yeah. That group of people. And so they basically just decided we're going to find a patch of grass and we're going to throw a festival. Uh, and they found a spot up in Bellingham. There's this super cool wedding style venue with uh, a big grass field. Uh, and then just a little walk pathway through into the woods and they brought out three function one towers into the woods. 
<laughs> and it, it was, was dope. Yeah, and so it was like it was like 150 people maybe, but like <clears throat> manageable. Re- really confined into like, all right, you've got like a, a hangout area, you've got a tent area in the grass, and you've got a, st- a big stage with big speakers for late night. And they Sweet. really tried to keep vibes in one place at one time. Right. So rather than being like, oh, you've got three stages with three styles of right. sound, it was like, no, music is only on this stage in the grass for the daytime and then music is only at this stage in the forest at mm-hmm. nighttime well and because they're burners it was very well organized very well produced and it was uh, highly encouraged and i think across the board participatory yes participant led uh so it's basically like let us know how you want to contribute and we'll help you get the supplies you need we'll help you with volunteers and it's really cool to see what people came up with like jordan did a mushroom talk and and like a lecture and then took people in the woods to find the mushrooms and um someone did drunk history which was hilarious yeah i was reading the 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 flyer kind of had all these activities on it if i remember correctly and i was like i saw it after the fact and i was like wow there's a lot of that activity Activities were just as important as the music, and they I think that fantastic. was really cool to have it. Just like, not. I mean, it's always all about the music. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it was cool to see the activities and the the fellowship being a, a huge deal as well. You mm-hmm. know, because I mean, that's where they're here to enjoy the music and enjoy each other. So I thought that was really cool. There was well. a tent <laughs> completely um, dedicated to the little balls in a ball pit, like the ball pit. Yeah. So it's just like a bunch people of people filled ball inside of a tent with balls, right? <laughs> It was fantastic. Like, what a great idea. And and another one that it was like a little tea house in the middle of the woods. And so there's a lot of really cool. And so it, they got a lot of inspiration from other things, from mm-hmm. Burning Man, from What the Fest, from, you know, whatever else they did. Um, and so we'll see if they do it in the same spot again this year. But one idea I had for them, I'm sure someone else had it as well, but I mentioned it to Evan, was like, you should literally do a different venue every year. Now, way people don't know what they're going to expect. They don't know what they're coming for. Even if they've been the last three years, right. they can't be like, oh, well, last year was better at this venue. Like, And then it's, it's truly any <coughs> patch of grass if it's changing <laughs> yeah. each year. Yeah. And so that's why I thought that idea could be kind of cool to have. I think people have probably done it in Seattle, but to have a night that is a, a fairly well-known night that literally just travels to a different venue. Because there's so many venues in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, some of them are quote unquote better than others but it would be a cool way to like try different venue spaces and just give different people who normally frequent that venue an ability to try something new or people who normally frequent that show to try a new event in Seattle. I don't know. Maybe you should do it. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Our uh, wedding after party was our first kind of experience of throwing a party. So much fun. And it was so fun. We had so many people after going, are you going to do this every Sunday? We're like, no, this is just for our wedding. wedding. This is way harder than I thought. You should throw parties more often. We're like, we don't even know how to go about doing that. But I guess that's kind of what we did. But we hadn't really thought about it. The difficulty is getting people to show up. Right. And so like that, we had Shambhala on the same weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. It was and a then, tough weekend. And then any patch of grass had Cascadia, which was like an hour away. And then yeah. it had Flow State, which was like five minutes away. <laughs> yeah, there was three and, things going on in Bellingham that on. same weekend. Yeah, and it was just yeah. like, you, uh-oh, yeah. you planned six months in advance and turns out there were three other festivals yeah. at the same time. There's a lot going on. We're blessed to have as many shindigs and yeah. shenanigans that we do have in 
and our and our scene. It's really cool to see because you you go to different places like Missouri where you're fighting for like just a club Anything, night with, yeah. with dance music, you know, and to have so many like amazing events that are, you know, all kind of close around yeah. <clears throat> each other. And also sharing friend groups at that point, you know, people yeah. are here and there and everywhere. It's it's really nice. Is there anything coming up that you're not playing at or involved in that you're like stoked to go see? Um, like in the city? Maybe city or beyond. Uh, well, traveling to. I'm really excited. I'm I'm really excited about it, but I I'm all, I'm working it. That's okay. But I'm really excited. I'm I'm going to be doing the production design for Seven Lions of this um, Chronicles Chapter Two, which is in Red Rocks. I've never wow. been to Red Rocks Ooh. once, and I saw Above and Beyond there, and so seeing Seven Lions and actually being a part of the. Dope. production when is i'm that? really excited we've never been there october 11th never been to red rock it's beautiful it's that's beautiful. like right after dirty bird yeah is that a weekend it's, it's probably uh, a weekend. Yeah, weekend yeah damn it so that's i'm really things. really excited about that no because october 11th is a thursday is it it's a thursday or maybe the show's on a thursday we could get to it's colorado right yeah. Yeah. we could but, go to colorado on a thursday yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm legit looking at this. I would, I've always wanted to go there, and if you're yeah. if you're yeah, do, I'll be if there. You're creating it, then that's even more the reason. And to you guys be my special guest. That's that's <laughs> been a really interesting one. Powerhouse. It suddenly just bombed through Seattle. Seven lines. <laughs> Seven lines. Well, yeah. he not he lives here now, so it's easy to powerhouse down, down the <laughs> street. Down the street. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's been really interesting. Like I got to meet him at Paradiso because the the Demibo Bros were hanging out with yeah. him. So I got to go. Both talk him and bit. his wife are so fantastic sweet. people. I have enjoyed working with them and hanging out with them, and because they're, they're great friends. And because you did Chronicles yeah, One, yeah, Chronicles here. One here, with, and I created all the production design for that and costumes. We did not um, get to go to that either. Oh, so so beautiful. it would be really cool to go to the second one. It was one of the first times that, like, I think Wallyn has been transformed and fr- transformed into like a festival atmosphere for like just one artist, mm-hmm. and it was it was really cool to see. And I feel like it's he's setting a trend right now yeah. that that's how it's going to be now. You're not going to have just like this DJ with a crowd. He's going to people are creating environments in the venue that they're renting out. So it's really cool to see that progress into what it is. And now chapter two is going to be even bigger. And the storyline is just like so amazing because it's, it follows the music, you know? So if you listen to his music very often, then you'll, you'll, you'll know all about Chronicles and all the characters and how the storyline ties into chapter two. And if you're at chapter one, you're in for a treat. And it's, I like that. It's awesome because he's not a single genre. no, not at all, which brings the masses because, like, mm-hmm. he has trans heads that are just uh-huh. diehard Seven Lions fans. He has dubstep kids that are diehard Seven Lions, uh-huh. you know? So it's really cool to see him crossing the a genre boundary line and and <clears throat> creating these experiences for his fans that just love his music. Yeah. it's It's been cool watching genres kind of disappear over time. There's certain people, like, I remember the, the Norn and Rad boys, rest in peace, uh, not actually. They just broke up. Oh. They didn't actually go <laughs> I anywhere. Like, I They always used to post uh, like fuck genres. That was kind of right. one of the big things. And like, um, who was the other? It was uh, Ben Nicky, I think, with trance. He was right. always like fuck genres. Yeah. And people just kind of have been able to now step outside of that a lot. Well, and and I think that's it's truly important for you. I'm looking this way back to the back to a local DJ. Mm-hmm. 
realm, um, it's really important for you to be diverse in your your musical taste because not not only does it allow you to get more gigs because you're not pigeonholed into one specific sound, but it just it's just nice to know what's going on in house music and trance music and just mm-hmm. being all about your scene, um, not necessarily all about your your genre. So. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I've kind of been kind of stuck in certain genres. I got into the trance genre, got pigeonholed. Right. And then I kind of like rebranded as myself. Right. And now I feel like I'm almost getting pigeonholed into tech house. And so I'm like, how do I like, how do I step outside and get more gigs? I I guess I got some like progressive gigs that I was doing, but I like, I want to do some techno gigs. I want to do some like, but I mean, do you have to have a techno gig or can you just play what you want to play at a gig? And maybe it's a little or is that too much? I actually agree with Antonella. I've been getting to the point where I'm just like, I'm going to play what I want to play, you know? I've been if, if asking I'm feeling him it, to do that. Know? And he's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, I think you can. Like, I think I, people show up for you and they want to know, they, they want to go where you're going to take them. And right. if you do it confidently and you're getting to what you're playing, I don't think it fucking matters. Nope. I, I ended my set with Paradise by Sade on Sunday and it was great, you know. Exactly. Like, that's what I was feeling at that moment because we were in paradise. It was the last, the last cool Sunday of the year where we got to celebrate, you know, being a Virgo. And because really, this is about <laughs> creativity. Stuff, right? It's not about a bunch of rules. No. And so maybe when you first come on the scene, you feel like you have to obey by certain rules in order to get asked back. But I think after you've been here for a little right. while, and you've like, made a name for yourself, you've made, yeah, I think it, now it's your responsibility to share your creative fire with people, and that might be a little less formulaic and a little less predictable and a little bit more of like, oh, what he just pulled that out right. here, like okay, right. and it'll I'm just listening. Help you stay relevant yeah. as well, you know, yeah. like you being pigeonholed into a genre that no one's really booking anymore and then you can't really expect to, to get that many bookings you yeah. know um so I, I think having a wide range of of musical taste won't hurt you and be- guess, being willing to throw in right some things, some things in a mix that, that people fun, are unexpected right yeah. and mark martinez does that really love well. it i love the way he does that shout out to subset yeah. Seriously, we have him on next week. That's just back to back. Yeah, that's definitely one that's uh, that's been tough for me because I uh, where I started, I guess, in small clubs, just banging it out for youngins. I, there was no rules, right? And then I went to Foundation, and there was a lot of a lot rules. of rules. Yeah. You know? And so, like, I almost I, I'm still kind of stuck in that mindset of like I've got to fit the rules in order to play the gigs at the spots, right? I feel, I feel like <clears throat> that at a certain point you kind of have to like you know follow suit because you wanna you wanna gain a notoriety, you wanna mm-hmm. get your name out there, you wanna keep playing shows. But at a certain point you can't let people stifle your creativity. Yeah. If that's the way you're feeling, if that's what vibe you want to convey, then you do that. Agreed. And you do that unapologetically. Okay. Agreed. Own it. Own it. Yeah. So if I throw you some fucking curveballs on Thursday, <laughs> you I'm gonna throw <laughs> him some curveballs on Thursday. Okay. So Fuck yes. let's do it. Hey, Fuck cool. yes. I like the sound of Knuckleballs, curveballs, slides. <laughs> I might have to go find some uh, some new tracks. Good, because I want you to to bring you, and then that'll make Darius even more excited. Right, and, and that's kind of how I felt about Sunday, because mm-hmm. the vibe from the time that I got there until the time that I played was just this, like, everyone was just doing their thing, and it yeah. just made me, like, I want to get up there and do my thing, too. Now, these guys, it was, like, set the table so nice. Yes. Those have become my favorite 
style of events the the events where it's just a bunch of homies that get together that play some music which right. was like our wedding night mm-hmm. was just like all right cool we're all gonna go out and throw down some music it doesn't matter what genre you're gonna play right you don't just have to play, play your anything. tunes yeah mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun Th- those tend to be the sweetest like shout out to tiki tiki i yeah. went have been playing some shows with them recently which is devlin so who we're talking fun. about um and he you know has thrown me on some awesome slots and to go get to play like whatever I'm fucking feeling at the moment and to not worry about any sort of set creation just to be like, what do just I do have? your thing. Mm-hmm. Like I go from tech house to techno to like yeah. <laughs> harder, weirder. You're like, fuck it. Yeah. Let's go where you want to go. Go where you want to go. It's important. I think to have like that, that, that creativity about your, the music that you're playing. It's like really, really important. I can't stress that enough because there's so many people nowadays that are, there's so many DJs, there's so many musicians, there's God, people yeah. everywhere that are playing music. So, like, what sets you apart from mm-hmm. those people? And I think that the creativity that you bring to the table sets you apart. When you have a lot of positivity and confidence in that, was there ever a time that you didn't? Have you built up to that? Absolutely. Are there other times that you kind of fall back into this insecure spot? And if so, like, <clears throat> how do you pull back out of that? I think we all, like, no matter how long you've been doing this, there's this... All, there always comes a time where you like kind of second guess what you're doing. And this is the right move I'm making, you know? So I feel like just being, you know, confident in, your, in the process and in your decisions that you're making, I feel like that's that's going to be the way to do it. Just Yeah. Yeah. Get into your flow state. Right. Do you ever fall out of it? I do. What pulls you out? What What's like... What's your kryptonite? Life, yeah. life can be your kryptonite sometimes. Yeah. Um, self-doubt can be a kryptonite sometimes. Yeah. Do you get self-doubt on the little details or is it more like big picture stuff? Big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. Little details I've learned to kind of corral, mm-hmm. figure out. Yeah. It's been um, really fun to watch you blossom and change since Thank burning man you. like even like i said that week was really you could see you make a big shift um and I, I remember was it like last year or two years ago now i don't remember but um we sent you a book <laughs> without telling you uh-huh. um, <laughs> and it's been tremendously helpful called tools of mm-hmm. titans and i love the book but um i'm curious i don't know why we sent it to you but there was just like this i was reading it and and basically it's a tim ferris book and and there's all these great some of them are two pages some of them are there's a cascade quote and i think that one might have well not so much that it's more so that he takes all of these thought leaders and progressive people in their fields and their industries and he kind of just talks to them and pulls different ideas from them and i think you came into my head because i think of you as one of those people and so when i was reading through the book as i always do i kind of think like oh if i was to make a book like this who would i put in it and you were one of the people that i was like oh darius is like one of those people that i think um, would be really helpful to like pick his brain and to understand more of his philosophies on things and so was there um anything (coughs) that you could say is like your go-tos so like one thing that tim ferris does is like his morning routine like he basically says if you if you win your morning you win your day right is there any things that you tried to do as your part of your routine to to be your most creative and confident and just like i'm here world self are there things that you do that 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 are in your routine or in your 
um, toolbox that that helped make you this fabulous? Let's see. What are your tools of this, of this Titan? <laughs> Tool of my Titan. I guess it's I I let myself know that I'm worthy most often because you need to remind yourself of that because mm-hmm. we live in a day and age where there's so much going on and there's so many things pulling us in different directions and it's hard to keep control of a lot of those things so i i like to let myself know that i'm worthy of doing what i'm doing Mm -hmm. that i'm blessed and that i always should pay for it and bless others and so that's what i I get up every day and i remember that i'm worthy worthy of love and i've been blessed so i bless others it's a good mantra i like it what about other types of routines like more uh, obviously those are spiritually amazing and I love that and we're totally down for that but are there any things in within your lifestyle because I think these like late nights can be really hard these hectic schedules like do you have a routine for eating for moving for like keeping your uh, meat suit in, in a in an overall <laughs> decent I don't know I just don't know how some some of you guys do these late night shows and sometimes I, I just, I've limited the amount that I go out and interact with True, we people. don't see you out that much unless yeah. you're playing. Now that right, I think and I mean, it. don't yeah. get me wrong, I go out and I'm always out supporting, but mm-hmm. I'm not out five nights a week. You know, right. I try to keep those limited because I your your mental health and mm-hmm. um, this lifestyle can be a lot to deal with. Yeah. So just making sure that you have time for yourself and your family and feeding yourself. <laughs> nutrition it's really sleep. important yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, like we talked about earlier the longevity right it's early you, on you can get burned out really quick yeah really quick yeah people do yeah <laughs> it's i think that's a super important thing that i think has really hit the front pages especially with avici actually mm-hmm. rest right. in peace uh just mental health people <laughs> taking care of themselves in this really chaotic world people love to look up to DJs and producers and say, that's the greatest thing ever. Right. I I did that for sure. I thought it would be the most amazing thing to be able to travel all around the world and go play these big gigs. And then after doing um, hospitality and transportation and meeting all these big artists, like they come in, they're exhausted. They just travel from somewhere else. They're pissy. They're not eating right. Then they just go and have to perform. Right. It's very real. And they're giving everyone else their energy and never really having time to like refuel. And so I think that's, that's good. It's great that you touched on that because the first five years or so of me playing music, I was out all the time, all the time, just out there, out there, out there, out there. And I just realized like, if I want to do this for longer than five years, I'm going to have to slow down and figure out like my best practice of how to balance all of these things while still making sure that I'm supporting my community and being out. So how do you do that? Yeah, because that's that tough line because it's super easy to see people that are out all the time and getting gigs. And I convinced myself for years that's what I had to do. We brought up Studio 4-4. I went out to almost every 4-4, talking to everyone, made so many friends, tried to get myself gigs multiple times to people, never once got a gig at a 4-4. So then it was this realization like going out isn't the way that I'm going to 
get more gigs. Like mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to do more. You've got to hustle harder and different and be creative and unique about how you reach out. And surrounding yourself with those people outside of the, just the music, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like you making those like relationships with those people that are doing the things that you want to be doing kind of help them get to know you because everyone's coming out to 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 Studio 44 but mm-hmm. I don't know if they necessarily know that everyone wants a DJ to you over the floor. Right, so right. if you're making that known, that that's something that you want to do. Like, I feel like a closed mouth will never get fed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you making those necessary connections and hanging out with those people, spending time with those people, it, it will fare you well. I... Yeah, the depression um, and the <laughs> ups and downs and the addiction issues that is so pre- prevalent just anyways, um, but also seems to be a bit of the issue in the entertainment industry when it comes to the DJ life and the nightlife. And do you think part of that is just all of these creatives that are, um, you know, maybe not finding the sense of balance? Do you think it's, um, you know, the pressures of partying when you're out there and you're trying to network or whatever? Like, what do you, where do you think a lot of these things come from and how can we, we talk about this a lot um, in, in what we're trying to do is like, how do we start to create a support system for people to know that they can go out and they can be a DJ or they can go and attend events, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to go down to this dark spiral of addiction issues and right. all night partying. Like how, how do, how do you think we can help find a balance at least in our community? Um, I think by taking our health and wellness more serious than we do, because mm-hmm. we tend to throw that very important thing to the wayside when it's like, you know, that's what's going to keep you going. And mm-hmm. I feel like me taking a step back and focusing on like my body, my mind um, is allow allows me to dive deeper into my craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, I don't really have any desire to be out five days a week, four days a week. You know, it's mm-hmm. just <clears throat> I'd rather be at home taking care of my things and preparing my future. Yeah. And I feel like if that's the that's the step that you want to take. There's some work that needs to be done. Yeah, and I, I think it's nice to hear you touch on that. And I, I guess I would hope that more people that are in your position will be vocal and proud of that. You right. know, like uh, Justin Martin, Dirty Bird, <laughs> boop. Uh, we both follow his Instagram. Do you follow his Instagram? I at do. All? So on his stories right now, he's every day letting people know how many days sober he is and every day showing that he's taken up running and he's running right. every day. And it's such a different justin martin than what we're used to but it's so sweet and And it's it's refreshing to see someone that we like all like respect and love like taking taking better care of himself and being proud of it and think of all the people who look up to him back in the day for being able to you know (laughs) pound an entire fifth of tequila during his organ eclipse set and and still (laughs) execute flawless transitions and you're like what but at the same time like that it's nice to see as as some of the DJs are aging, as some of the artists are aging, that they're being real with it and open with it, and and hopefully that will inspire the younger. You crew. can't live that lifestyle forever. You can't. Yeah, and it's almost and been like you idealized. Don't need to. No, you don't. Not even that. Like you don't even need to do it in the first place. I think right. that's the other misconstruction. Like it's people feel like cascade. they have to. That doesn't yeah. do anything, right? right? So, like, there's plenty of people out there that aren't. There's a lot doing of sober drugs. DJs. There yeah. are a lot. That's fantastic. More than people would like to 
admit, but there are a lot of sober DJs, you know, me dealing with the production side of things and dealing with, you know, um, the hospitality of things. There's DJs that don't have any alcohol in their writer because they Mm -hmm. don't drink, you know, and because I think it helps with these grueling touring schedules. Like, I wouldn't want to be hungover on a 52 city tour. (laughs) You know, you're playing Friday, Saturday, you have Friday, Saturday and Sunday, and then sometimes you're playing weekday shows. And like, I wouldn't want to be hungover flying and having to deal with the stress of being sick and you want to be on on your best Mm -hmm. especially when you have so much at stake you know because it's a blessing to be able to do that and it could be gone tomorrow so i really respect those that just respect their craft yeah and getting that to be more noticed right because i think partying is um idealized especially by younger generation and so it's super easy to be like oh i want bottle service at the club and i want to go party and be ridiculous um what i think would be helpful is if more i guess older djs that are setting the precedent um were were more not necessarily vocal but kind of vocal about the importance of taking care of yourself and everything in moderation Mm -hmm. and how can you still enjoy what's going on because i know a lot of people that when they decide to go sober, they have to leave the nightlife world completely mm-hmm. because they're like, I can't be around anything. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Cause I want you to be able to go to these events that you loved and still be able to love them and not have to go party harder than you think right. you need to. When you, you generally are fairly sober when you play, like you might have a drink or two, but um, you're embarking on a no substance path right now yeah so and you're playing on thursday you won't be able to have your little i know fear chaser shot (laughs) (laughs) which can definitely help um and i think that's the difference is learning that moderation Mm -hmm. um i am kind of an all or nothing type person and so i like kind of almost the challenge of being a all right i'm gonna i'm gonna hit this and i'm gonna stick with it because otherwise it's easy for me to kind of start tiptoeing and that leads into a jog and then i'm running and then i'm like oh shit how'd i get back here (laughs) yeah so yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of trying that that sober thing there are definitely moments that i'm like like last night we were cooking dinner and i was like dude a cider would taste so good right now i was like no don't do it and it's it's not because there's anything inherently wrong with it but it's just kind of like attempting to give my body a little extra of a break right some love and there's nothing wrong with that yeah and he's doing a little bit in support of me because i would like to make a a bun in this oven and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so for that obviously i don't want to have anything right um, i was listening to someone talking and saying that like in terms of health of a child the man's side of things is more important to be healthy than the female side of things is you think of a woman you're like okay they can't drink while they're pregnant and it all comes down to them but it was something about the genetics um of a healthy male versus a non-healthy male as in like exercises takes care of themselves smokes and eats shitty food there's a huge difference on the health of the child mental health and physical health well it makes sense it's it's half yours yeah Yeah. (laughs) it makes makes total sense it's just easy to be like oh whatever like i can just because she's like i've got you got to take care of a designated driver for the next nine months (laughs) like no guess what that's not how we're doing this (laughs) if we're having a baby then we're having a baby (laughs) it's good i appreciate the support yeah and we'll still go out we'll still have a fun time yeah 
yeah we'll, we'll do our first festival with no nothing not even a not even a cider at a dirty bird camp out and now you guys working that one as well? Are you? Yeah, okay, teaching well. third in a uh, yeah, I think <laughs> chocolate, so. chocolate, 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 <laughs> chocolate, 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 chocolate. We chocolate. we don't have a we don't have a for sure yet. Uh, so we're still waiting on official things whether or not. But uh, Dirty Bird is an event that we would go to even if we weren't teaching. Very it. true. It okay. just is so near and dear to our hearts. The it's the vibes so that they fun. have going there. Are you you've going? never been? I'm right? not. One but of these I had a conversation Red with Rocks someone about like it three today, days before. So, yeah. Like I said, the oh, future's yeah. bright. One of these times, I think you should Chocolate. make it happen. It is so <laughs> fun. We'll just we'll just say other people should go to Dirty Bird. Camp. Yeah, and, I, should, oh, I think <laughs> everyone should go to Dirty Bird. It's it's just it's a different experience. It's, it's kind of like you said uh, with seven lines kind of setting up one venue as being a one environment right thing. this isn't that but it's taking it a different route and they have two different vibes and two different stages but the idea is very much a come together in the games and it's kind of like where we talked about apog or right it's, it's it's how do we create outside of the music this conversation connection community between people through sports through boat races through like arts and crafts arts and crafts yeah. like whatever things that they can do to really like generate this community that's not just there to party and get fucked up mm -hmm. but they also party and get fucked up harder than anyone i know <laughs> i think that's the future of dance music not partying getting fucked up more than anything, you know but i think that that direction yeah. that makes me that, so happy right and i think that's where we're gonna find future success for sure well that's why we're in it yeah and i feel like that's gotten lost the yeah. money has come into the, right. that, those things and it's become a let's make this the biggest production ridiculous mm -hmm. which can be really cool and give a lot of people like you this creative outlet to showcase some amazingness but we also then need to take it back to the beginning of why people right. showed up in the first place like that cascade quote that i always bring up like the i don't know the specific quote but it was like the people that are here at the raves are the misfits. They're the people mm -hmm. that never felt like they belonged. And so they came to a place where they felt like they belong. Oh. And now everyone is at these shows and you're not, you're not a misfit at these shows anymore, nope. but the misfits are still there right. and they're still craving connection because there's everyone around them that is just came from the outskirts and they're not there because they want to be a part of this amazing thing. But, I'm, right. I'm excited It'll about change. the future of festivals, actually, yeah. because that's something that when we were at Dirty Bird Camp Out East and they had some issues, technical with difficulties. some technical difficulties, which happens and, all the time, and there was no music for a good portion of it, it meant that um, once they finally got things figured out, that the music was playing from like 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. and the games all got pushed to the nighttime instead of normal campouts the other way around. I loved it. It was yeah. different. And Jordan was like, no, I like listening. You know, I like the 2 a.m. sets. And I'm like, yeah, but we do that all the time. Right. Every festival What's we go to it? is like that. So I actually thought it was amazing that that happened. And sure, they probably won't in ever intentionally do it that way. But the fact that they rolled with it and we had music all day and then at night the lights came on and people were playing kickball <laughs> at midnight. Yeah, that was sounds really fucking fun. dope. It was so fun and it was just it's it was different. different it was totally different and and i loved it i loved every 
moment of it. I thought it was so cool. And I'm I have a hard time sometimes. I don't do a bunch of drugs. I don't drink a bunch of caffeine. So I might not always be as raring to go at, at the two three a.m. set, yeah. right? But if they're playing at nine p.m., I'm all about it. Right. So. <laughs> the three p.m. sets are always so nasty. For sure, for sure. But that's what I'm saying is there's every festival I does know. it that way. Right. So having one festival or two festivals that are do that's doing the inverse of that, I think yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I hope to get my opportunity to see that then. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. On that on that level. And not to sidetrack your conversation, but that's something I almost brought up earlier. I was laying in bed thinking about this the other night. I remember when I first started raving, listening to people like Porter Robinson and Dada Life and Cascade at 4 or 5 a.m. sets. And the style of mixing they do is unlike anything else. You don't experience it in the clubs. You don't experience it in the like regular nightlife world you only get it in these like but explain that because i don't know what yeah you're you mean to. festival environments yeah you mean a four o'clock in the morning club set <laughs> good like, call so yeah. the, the festival late night three four okay. five a.m sets like whenever i'm at those there's always this like i don't know it feels bigger i, well, it's, I, I think it's because it's so late it's so early in the morning it's just possibly like, this is like almost it's possibly kind of, it's wrong there. i just feel it's like music this loud i've just seen, i've like seen dada life at a club at 2 a.m and like they go hard and it's crazy and then you go see them at edc and it's like a 4 a.m set and like every transition feels bigger every like build feels ridiculously heavier and i don't know if it's like like festival edits of it, things that they've done or like mixing styles. I remember like seeing Porter Robinson and swearing that I could pick out four different tracks that he was playing at the same time. And he was like <laughs> interweaving between the different tracks. I will say that there's a lot of festival edits out there um, yeah. because, you know, I've been in a lot of sound checks and a lot of pre pre-show shenanigans. And I mean, for them to play as many tracks as they do, on those big stages yeah. and to kind of keep, you know, we're all very, very fickle people. We lose if the attention explosions pretty quick. are happening yeah. at the same time as a drop. Exactly. You gotta have it set. Exactly. So there's, there's a lot of festival edits. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. That's interesting. I remember like I went and saw when I was at EDC, they had like the owl experience or something. And it was just three DJs standing up there with like helmets on <laughs> and no one knew who it was. And people came up with their own ideas of what it was. <laughs> and it was all just pre-recorded. 100 percent oh yeah absolutely but it was so sick like it was like the style of it was so absurdly ridiculous and then i remember that same year seeing armin play and armin doesn't preset he no. plans but he doesn't like preset it and he missed a transition and the fireworks like went off at a wrong time and you could see him like freak <laughs> well, out for a sec i will say for like people like armin like technology these days are like out of control yeah. so when you think that these when you see like the word sexy pop on the screen as the <laughs> dj sings sexy it's you know it's not necessarily that they they're they are pre-playing these sets you know everything's time-coded yeah. mm -hmm. so like when that music hits on that specific beat with that specific sound the visuals and the lights all do the same thing because it's all time-coded so yeah. it's not necessarily that people are out here pre-recording their sets because i know the masters like armin and testo aren't doing that but mm -hmm. their technology is just so much more advanced than your average dj that they're allowed, they're, it allows them to do so much more, especially with the time coding. Time wow. coding yeah. is blowing my mind. <laughs> For Go sure. to Tomorrowland, there's there's no way that all of that stuff is like, you know, it's all 
Yeah, like all of Dada Life's wow. songs, they have all the, the words pop <laughs> mm-hmm. up yeah, in different exactly. ways, and it's all set previously. Right. And yeah, you're right. I don't think they specifically have that, but I know with Armin's, he would have like two CDJs and then two There's VJs on yeah, the other VDJs, side, yeah. and they'd be like connected mm-hmm. to it. So you exactly. play one song and it triggers the other. Absolutely, it's crazy. And God, it's, I want that so bad. It's next level. I want it's that because we super next we level. did a really cool immersive yoga class in Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix. And it was with Walter Productions. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Walter Yoga. And the they Calliope. Do, yeah, Calliope. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Jordan played on top of Calliope. I was Such a sweet leading the yoga class. We <laughs> yeah. had visuals. We had bubble machines. We had lights. We had lasers. It was fucking awesome. But, like, it was very uh, planned ahead. You know, right. like, this time I'm going to do this thing and we need this uh, word to come up. Or actually, we had Jordan typing. So we had Jordan typing specific Stole words. From above and yeah, <laughs> and that was being projected. So that was live. But a lot of the other stuff we had to tell the text ahead of time right. and we had to you know try to get all but the if timing I could time right. code oh, it all up there. if right. we could just have it oh my god that would be like we'll my dream there. because a lot of times when i'm teaching like i i don't want to plan it that far ahead right. and i don't know if at this time i'm gonna want you to flash that like i i want it to be something that he and i create organically right so we did it and it was fantastic but for my the way my brain works it was really hard to like map that all out ahead of time and then coordinate it with some dude i don't know who's behind a booth you that know you really can't see yeah yeah, yeah so it'd be really cool How the lasers went off like 30 time? seconds before the drop but i was, was right. so bummed i was like oh i missed it but like I, you know when you're teaching like your words like it's, it's a little different when you're when you're creating music you can do something right. when you want to do it but when you're teaching it would be weird if i like skipped th- four words to get to you know what i mean sorry i, I have to say spark now <laughs> yeah like what <laughs> they're looking at you like what's going on so it'd be spark. really cool to get get to that level why is the dj waving his arms frantically <laughs> <laughs> sound guy <laughs> sound guy now push the button been there and they're all in a yoga pose so they're like kind of like in it but they're also like what is happening why are they waving around yeah, how do we get time coding? How does that happen? It's hella expensive. Yeah, million dollar productions. We're trying to time figure coding. out how to like afford wireless yeah. mics that are good quality. When so. you wonder, when you wonder, <laughs> sure someone like Christian Jackson can come over here and show you how to time code stuff oh, really yeah. quick. Oh. He was, he was on, on the cheaper level, okay. least what? expensive. He was our first actual guest on this podcast. Have you listened to that episode? It was fantastic. I've listened to parts of it, not yeah. the whole thing. He's, he was he he's was phenomenal. Great. He's. I was I was really happy with how that episode turned out. He's a he's a smart dude. He's yeah, driven. Very he's got some really cool stuff. Yeah, so he's definitely one that I feel like you're right would be able to pop that off. But that's like that's why when you hire an artist and like yeah. I won't tell you the numbers that I've known, but when you've got artists that are in the multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars to come play <laughs> yeah. a show, it's because they've got a crew. Yeah. yeah. And they their crew is bringing all of that sound equipment, all of that time code equipment, all their years of experience, and it's you're not just hiring that DJ. You're hiring no. a crew. Yeah. And that's like, you know, people think these DJs are out here making millions and millions of dollars, and that's like common misconception. These guys are paying a lot of people to make these shows run the way they do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's stuff is not cheap. Yeah. by any means you know when it's you like, have a lighting guy and, and a touring manager and a production manager and a vj and a hospitality guy and a tour assistant that's some a lot of, the, of money some of the yeah. lower end yeah. djs make more money per gig because they don't have teams like yeah, that. yeah because it's more simple yeah. exactly 
Interesting. Yeah, the the bigger you get, the more complex things get. Right. And that's that's what I think is really interesting. Um, I think Burning Man's facing those issues right now. Just right. So many people, but similar to you know USC or Insomniac or whatever big festival company, there's an argument that they're getting too big to be able to handle. <laughs> and it's getting a lot more complicated. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are so many festivals nowadays. Back five years ago, when there was like your your five or six right. big mm-hmm. festivals in the U.S. Now there's fifty. Everyone realizes so they can do it. There's so many. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of liking it because there's a lot of diversity and there's a lot of different things that we can go to now. And right. We, Choose a festival that yeah. suits you. And not to be like that cranky old man, but it's nice because I know there are festivals that I don't want to go to, right. and that'll pull those people. Who, if they didn't spend their money to go to EDC New York, like they would probably be able to come do this show or the smaller gig that you do. But instead, they they go to that helps, for their big artists. Yeah, helps fan people out a little bit. Yeah, but I there's there's no EDC. shortage of fun stuff. Yeah, EDC is chaos. Yeah, I mean, you take I'd Paradiso and you it. times it by three or four. I can't even comprehend 100. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't even comprehend that. The main Paradiso stage is big is for me. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's a lot for me to absorb. EDC is like on a whole another spectrum. So what do you do to decompress after something like like Paradiso? Because just as a as a attendee, or you know, we might teach one class or something there, but mostly we're attendees. Like I feel like I need decompression after being around that's just a lot of people and a lot right. of stimulation and you're on the work side of it. So what do you do to decompress? Like how do you cleanse? I'm usually at the gorge for about ten to twelve days. Um there a week before and there obviously during the show and then there the week after tearing mm. everything down. So usually I um, drive back to Seattle um, in tears <laughs> because of the amazing weekend that we were able to, you know, put together and create for people. Um, I go home. I shower for about 45 minutes. <laughs> Longest shower <laughs> ever. Just like the same, the same thing with Burning Man. Yeah. I go like, I shower 45 minutes, get out of the shower, dry off, get back in the shower. You gotta get those <laughs> layers off, you exfoliate, get those layers of grime, festival grime off you. Um, I turn my phone off. Nice. Like completely off. I go and get a massage usually, pedicure, manicure. And yeah, I just I just take time away. I don't answer emails. I turn my vacation have responder on. Have you seen on. his toes I have. right now? I have. They're, they're beautiful. <laughs> they're beautiful. Huh? Yeah. I love that you're owning the pedicure. We were just having this conversation like... <laughs> Dudes, go get pedicures. Yeah, why not? It's, it's like fucking fantastic. And it feels great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it a solid so way to yeah. chill for a little bit, get a leg massage. Yeah, you don't even have to get your paint toenails painted. Like toenails I'm, painted. I'm, like, I'm into I, it. I do it like half the time. I'm into it. And whenever I do it, I'm like, all right, this is dope. And then like now, when I've had it for like a month now, I'm like, eh, it's kind of growing out a little bit, <laughs> chipping. I'm like, you can I take it off. Yeah. No, I know. I know, but it's like, to, I don't think about those things because I'm not used to it. He's very frugal, and so the part of his brain that's like, well, I'm paying for a pedicure, which includes nail polish. Like, Why if I don't I get the get nail it? polish, it's not going to be any cheaper. So <laughs> yeah, get the nail polish. I'm just going to get the nail polish, and I'm like, whatever, you and your 
<laughs> money brain, but I think it's nice to have cute toes sometimes. Yeah, Brad just got his done for the first time. He got the Seahawks colors, so he's oh, nice. super stoked Did on he it. Like it? <laughs> yeah, he loves the it. The first time I took him, he was so confused. He's like, super this is kind of weird. And I'm like, just enjoy uh, the little I was just like, tell me what I'm relax. supposed to do. You just yeah. sit there. Yeah. She kept asking questions like, how do you want me to do this? You want me to cut short? You want me to shave this? You want like, me to do lady, this? And yeah. I'm just like, Ask her. You do it like <laughs> yeah. you did one or two times. They just kind of know the way you like. Just like yeah. oh, get your hair cut. Yeah. You know, just the same way. You know, they they, they learn your tendencies. Yeah. yeah. Do you do any uh, face masks? So I actually do my own skin. Oh, because you make I have, your own. I don't, well, I don't make my own. Oh. But I have. I do my own skincare. I don't let anyone else touch my face. Yeah. Um, I'm picky about that too. I have really sensitive skin. Same. Um and I will break out if I don't do it myself. But I've been using this brand called Herbivore, mm. which is amazing. Um, it's more oils and creams than a whole lot of chemicals. It's all natural, so nice. I recommend it. I'm writing that one down. I will gift you some <laughs> Herbivore. It's amazing. It does, it's done wonders for my skin. Since we've been traveling so much, I've been trying to plan accordingly with that. And I know herbib or sorry writing it down um i know that whenever we go on a plane flight for sure and then obviously festivals but my skin just freaks out and so i've been trying to pack you know different masks and some some of them are easy quick travel ones and i've had him do them with me he's always a little weirded out by it and he's just kind of sits there like when how long does this have to stay on me and i'm like just close your eyes relax meditate like I think it feels amazing. I use this hydrating facial oil, Ooh. and people get weirded out that you're like, "Why are you putting oils on your face? Gotta make your face oily." No, no it's around. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like see that opposite. It yeah. keeps your skin refreshed, refreshed, and and looking youthful and healthy, and that's yeah. what I'm all about. I want to look 25 forever. <laughs> you look very youthful. <laughs> Thank you. How old are you, Mass? I'm 33. Oh, you are. I'll be 34 on. Thursday. Yeah. When this podcast comes out. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep, beep. Do you have any big goals or plans for the 33rd year for you? 34. 34th, sorry. Well, this will be a year of change and growth. I can Mm. say that much. But chocolate. Chocolate. Okay. (laughs) Chocolate's our safe word, meaning to be continued means Mm -hmm. you'll just have to wait and see. Podcast round two? Yeah. Will be all the tea. Do you listen to podcasts? Are I you do. a podcast person? Who do you who are you listening to? What's your jam? Marcus Aubrey. I don't know if you guys know who that is. No. I have this um app called I will show you guys right now. Other way around. Aubrey Marcus? Aubrey Marcus. Yeah. Is that that's it wrong? I think you said Marcus Aubrey. Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus. Yeah. That makes more sense. I was like, if there's a dude out there that has the same name but the opposite, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yes, we definitely know. Got me on his podcast uh, a few months ago, and I've been listening to him kind of religiously. I don't really have a whole lot of podcasts that I listen to. Um, I mean, I'm listening to music more than anything because i feel that i kind of get on phases with that like i used to listen to a lot of different podcasts and now i find myself i'll get into one or two and i just want to listen to that whatever right and i just kind of like his vibe like the way his shows are set up and they talk about some really interesting things and Mm -hmm. keeps me keeps me grounded yeah aubrey marcus has been uh an influential person in my life that's for sure marcus aubrey it's all good. So I got a question. How many missed texts did you have right now when you opened up your phone? Oh, Jesus Christ. Your phone is always blowing up. I feel bad for you. I feel like... <laughs> 
Do you do you ever just turn it off? So, so that's where this whole conversation is going. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm asking. 12. So you've got, we've been doing this for an hour and a half now, and you have 12 text messages. And 12? I don't know how many times it's 12, the people that, there's there's a lot here right now. 12 so. different people, and who knows how many How many emails. times they, yeah, oh my God. So do you have your emails pushed through to your phone or do you have I do. A, yeah. Yeah, I, it's important that I have them. I would highly recommend that it doesn't push through when the email comes through and that maybe it only pushes through like once an hour or once every, or maybe at certain times a day mm. that you can turn that off because I started to get really <laughs> overwhelmed. I would find myself answering emails at midnight, one in the morning. So that's I what like, I don't why do. Why am I doing this? I don't do that. That's, that's me time, you Good. know, and I feel that like I give enough of myself during the day to people that mm-hmm. I deserve the hours of from from eight to <laughs> eight to the time I wake up right. to not have to do that. I mean, obviously I work late most often, but mm-hmm. if I'm not having to answer emails at 10 I so won't. you've set some good boundaries for yourself boundaries. you probably had to because yeah? yeah. we we both have talked about like if we're trying to get a hold of you on something and we definitely know to never take it personally if you haven't responded to something because we're like if anything it reminds <clears throat> us that we should probably just reach back out because right. it's probably gotten lost in the shuffle with the ex- insane amount of people that are reaching out to you all the time most often i just don't see it yeah. because of, you know especially if i'm i'm leaving here right now and i'm checking the three top ones yeah. that have popped through and I'm, then I'm driving yeah we don't see it you know I so think it's pushed down in the thread definitely yeah that's something I've, I've watched you set a lot of boundaries over the years and yeah it's that, important to set boundaries yeah I remember some specific boundary setting like in person that I've been like all right Darius I see you I see you yeah it's always, it's always been one of the things I just I'm, I'm curious by my college roommate um in high school, he was the type of person who, like, phone was always blowing up. Everyone was always hitting him up. And I saw how much, like, anxiety it caused him. And, like, to he would just just put his phone away. Like, right. I, I can't even touch it. Um, and I've definitely seen that happen with you. And I think you're, you're pretty good about sometimes just knowing I got to set this thing right. down. And I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do. And I make sure to, like, when I'm sleeping, my phone is on Do Not Disturb because I'm not good. waking up to, you know, my sleep is very important. Mm-hmm. It's precious to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't need it interrupted. So I make sure to turn my Do Not Disturb on now as I'm sleeping. An, it's, such an and important it's boundary. helped me so much because I'm not waking up to go pee and seeing an email pop up you know or someone that someone called and having to like think about that and not be able to go back to sleep yeah even if you decide you're not going to deal with it right then it's your brain is registered right. it and it's started it's like, to process oh, you have to deal it. with this when you wake right. up now kind of right. thing so yeah so how do you kind of play that balance line because like when your tagline almost from the beginning of this is like i'm blessed so i feel like it's my responsibility to help bless other people right so how do you play that line because Obviously, you're blessed and you do a great job of paying that forward to giving other people opportunities. But like one of the things that comes with that is that your phone is constantly blowing up. And I try my best. I d- really do. And I don't beat myself up about the things that I don't that I'm not able to respond to instantly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's really important because people don't really realize that it's, it's happening the way it is. You know, mm-hmm. only you guys are my friends. so You mm-hmm. see it. Um, no one else can see that I've gotten next messages in the last hour and a half that we've been sitting here. So I just try my best to to respond to everyone. And my apologies to anyone that's listening and that I have not responded to. I'll get right back to you. <laughs> it's not personal. Not personal at all. Yeah. Yeah, the 
boundaries too I'm curious about as far as there's I know for us there's a lot of blur between professional and personal mm-hmm. um, not just in the yoga world but also in the DJ world even back when I was more of a trainer you know people who I meet in my profession become my friends maybe I end up <laughs> in a relationship with them and so a lot of times these lines get blurred um, how do you balance those how do you keep I mean, do you draw lines? Do I you do. Have? Okay, Absolutely. I'm curious what that is for you. I remember one thing when I was when I was young. I obviously like. I mean, I'm a pretty personable person and very social, and that's been that way since I was very young. And I remember my mom always being super nervous because I called everyone my friend, and she would always say, "Everyone is not your friend," you know. And I've had to learn that the hard way, especially in the profession I'm in right now, because <laughs> you have people that want what dj darius can do for them mm-hmm. but not darius you know and you have to there's there's people that are there for that person there's people there for that person those are two very different people um so it was hard at the beginning to try to decipher through and that it, it it's it caused some heartache because you know you you have someone that you feel strongly about as a friend and then you realize after the fact that like oh and this is kind of you're my friend because I was able to like help you with this or help you accomplish this. But when the chips were down or things were different, like that person wasn't there and I had to learn that the hard way. Um, and I think it's just being more discerning about the people that you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. you know, like I can pretty much tell nowadays who's, who's here for me and who's here for what I can do for them, you know? And yeah. How, so was that mostly through trial and error? Trial or, and error. Yeah. And just like, growth and like Mm -hmm. knowing myself and knowing like what I need and who I need to surround myself with and it's it's I mean it's helped me surround myself with the most beautiful people ever you know I don't have anyone in my life right now that I don't really enjoy well and don't you think that has to come back to your mantra of every day just saying that you are worthy absolutely i think if you if you're projecting that that you're worthy then those people are going to be drawn to you and if you're projecting this idea of insecurity or maybe a little bit faltering on what you actually deserve in your life then more and more people are going to prey on that right and are going to be drawn to it or maybe you you I'm sure some still slip through the cracks every right. once in a while, but now it seems like you're in a place that if that does happen, you're able to say... Recognize it really quick. We'll recognize it and know that it doesn't have anything to do with you no. and that it's that you don't have to take that personally right. and it doesn't have anything to do with your value or your worth. That's mm-hmm. their stuff. And, right. And, and I think it's a lot easier to kind of shake that off and be like, all right, that... Because I know, I'm sure early on that that would have been crushing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you've learned, I've learned to kind of like deal with that and not kind of let it roll off my back. So I mm-hmm. understand that. I see it for what it is. Yeah. That more so that it's part of the business and right. not, not anything on you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I've yeah. learned. Yeah. A lot. So, and that th- that's one of the things I've learned. It's a, it's a beast, this business. Yeah, it is. <laughs> eat you alive if you let it. Yeah. I, mm, it's a tricky thing because I, like you said, I want to give and I want to share, but we're also very particular because for some reason, and I'm sure you guys deal with it as artists, but in, it's also in the yoga world. And now that we've m- meshed the yoga and the music thing together on this side, we get it even coming from two different directions. So a lot of people wanting us to do things for free or quote unquote in exchange for exposure. And I just always laugh because I'm like, exposure is not going to put food on 
the table for my kids. Right. Like I need to be paid and I deserve to be paid. And um, I love doing things for free that we choose, that we seek out, that we want to contribute to or donate our time to. Those are definitely things that we are looking for, but um, rarely do we want other people assuming that of us. Right. And so I'm curious, like, Early on, you said you were doing a lot of, um, you know, take what you could get. And I'm sure a lot of that was maybe for less than what you valued yourself at monetarily. But do you have any suggestions for artists who are up and coming? Like, how do you balance that? I know for us, it's been a, a, a mantra of if it's not a fuck yes, then it's a no. Thank you. It's been sort of our mantra the last two years of like whether or not it's um, paying X amount or whatever our set class rate is. If overall the vibes, the people and the experience is a fuck yes, then we're going to do it regardless of what their budget is. Right. Um Otherwise, it's a no thank you. We appreciate the offer, but we're not really feeling it. So if you have any suggestions for artists who are up and coming who like need to balance the paying the bills, but also want, you know, it's like this feast or famine concept. I would just say know your worth and and know that like be confident in your craft. If you you'll know when someone's trying to take advantage of you or the situation, you, you'll know pretty quickly. Um, at, at first, it's, it could be a little difficult because you're trying to get your name out there and you're like, well, if I do this for this and, you know, it'll help me here. But like at a certain point in time, you need to realize your worth and know your your craft and be confident in the fact that you're you're, you're good at what you do and you right. should be paid for your services. Yeah. And, and then if you do want to contribute in a way that is free or donation based, then then I feel like that should be something that I don't know. That you want to do, right. that you look for and you pursue and you're noticing different, you know, like I know for us, like we'll we'll notice events or people who are starting things up and we're like, oh, they, they probably don't have the budget for right. us, but let's reach out right. and see if they want. And they're and usually they're super excited that we want to collaborate and they're like, oh, well, let, let, we want to pay you. And we're like, hey, if you can, cool. But we reached out to you because... We like what you're doing and we want to support it. So if it's not in your budget, that's totally fine. Right. Like we're willing to do that. So um, I think that I like the idea of turning the tables on it, you know, rather than just taking anything that you can get in, in exchange for exposure, like choosing what you want to go. And in, in the yoga world, it's kind of like karma yoga is the idea of like you you do some to help pay the bills and then you do some to give back and right. to share um, and to maybe help boost some other people up in the things that they're doing. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, that's part of like giving the leg up to all these people, right? Right. And that's also, you know, like Jordan, you mentioned me taking those nine and 10 o'clock spots. It's because not only do I, <clears throat> it's not only do I, I want to help people, but I also want to make sure that people are being blessed the same way I do. And that means me taking a step back so someone else can accomplish their goals. That's what I, I'm here to do. Right. And so do you always foresee, I guess in the immediate future, do you foresee that still being tied into music? Um, or I guess, how do you see yourself in the future being able to still contribute that to other people in, in different ways? Because we just keep coming back to like, you know, if you're an opening DJ and you're trying to figure out what to do, here's the podcast that I'll tell you <laughs> from Darius Washington. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like on a, on a, on a bigger level, like how do you, how, like 
one of the things I like about this podcast is using it as a, a, a bouncing off idea to, or a platform to bounce off ideas that could maybe stick or maybe not stick at all. Like big picture, like without us having to say chocolate, like what are some, some big <laughs> ideas you that you would love to manifest in this world so that you can continue to give other people these blessings? Hmm. That is a that's a, a question I think that is going to take a little bit more thought process because I'm, I'm I'm dealing with this as it comes right now. Yeah. And it's very it's a very present and real right now at the moment. Mm. So I feel like that's a question that I will will take me a little bit of time to answer. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm kind of manifesting that like destiny as we speak. Yeah. Okay. I think that there'll be many, many more podcasts with you. Yes. I would love to come back. <laughs> I feel like there's always something good to talk about. The um, I know something that we've talked about doing, too, is taking this on the road. It's really nice, obviously, to have you here in the studio, and it's all quality controlled by Mr. Jordan <laughs> here, who's very anal about his sound quality. But I actually really like just taking the handheld task cam and going to an event or to a festival and um we did a bunch of stuff at dirty bird camp out east which ended up being extra interesting because of all the sound sound difficulties but i think it'd be really cool to take what we're doing on the road you know i think it'd be very well received next time we're at a festival that you're helping to curate we would love to be behind the scenes and like chat with you and other key players like as it's going and then go bop back out into the venue and talk to the people who are there for the event and and kind of put together a whole thing like that because i don't know i i think that um like jordan mentioned we can just make whatever we want. (laughs) Yeah. We just have to say it. So I think part of it is just vocalizing intentions and, and big picture goals. And 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 that's why I asked you that question. And it totally makes sense that you got to wait on it. But like, like one of the things I've said is one of my big picture goals is to like DJ a main stage at a festival. Yeah. And, and no matter how crazy that is, or I mean, I'm not saying it's specifically crazy, but for whatever crazy idea someone has, like, Oh, I want to like, headline a festival Mm -hmm. at edc like throw that out there as a in the immediate future like i really 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 want to dive deeper into artist management Mm, because i feel like that's the next step in my my path uh or my journey um and it's been coming at me from for for years in different ways and so for me, I'm not schooled on exactly what that would entail. So would that be like you're managing one specific artist? No, I mean, it, it, it'd be more than one because mm. I'd take on probably close to three or four different different musicians okay. or artists. Um, I'm actually working with a few people right now. Um, and it would just be me helping them build their career with the resources that I've had and I have right now um, at my disposal. Um, I don't I feel like a lot of people don't have those resources and I'm not yeah. someone that is like I, I play music. I've produced music in the past. I've, I, I really love it. But I know that like I can help someone else's career get to the next level. Um, and that's that's really what I want to 
manifest and focus on for the immediate future we need Um, that because we we need that you know (laughs) and the community does i know so many talented artists here in seattle that aren't represented or don't have any representation because they don't don't know how to do that you know they're artists they're musicians. That's what they're good at. And the only thing online says, have an electronic press kit. You're like, <laughs> okay, I'm right. an EPK. Yeah. Now what? Exactly. Like, what do <laughs> yeah. I do now? Um, so having someone in their corner that can reach out to these companies and agents on their behalf to get them to the next level in their career is like, it's really important to me. Interesting. I did not know that you would be. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> We need that. I feel like that's missing. There's like one in the yoga world. There's like one, I don't know, management, whatever. And very few people use it. But I have a, we have a lot of teachers that come to us and say, how do we get to do what you're doing? And how do we make this kind of career? And, and we still need that guidance. So I'm like, (laughs) I'll try to help you to a certain degree. But I, I, I think that it would be really cool if more fields has that. Obviously the artists Mm -hmm. have that, but um, so you have this creative side to you, though. Are you still going to be able to balance the two, like get yeah. your creative juices going while still managing other people's paths? So, I mean, when they get to a certain level, it's nice because I have the production aspect and mm-hmm. the production design aspect. So creating tours Ooh. and environments and creating, taking this this artist this artist's vibe to the next level, taking their their vision to the next level. I have the opportunity to do that. Okay, so a lot more falls under that umbrella than what I was yep. thinking. Well, cool. Well, I was yes like, no. I don't want you to get bogged yes, down yes in the no. daily management yes and no. stuff. Yes and no. Okay. I feel like the successful managers and right now in the world are, are doing both. Cool. You know, because they have the production aspect and they also have the tour managing and managing artists, you know, and uh, some people don't have that. Yeah. So and I think that makes more valuable having both of those the other thing you mentioned is like armin having a crew underneath him right well armin necessarily has to have someone underneath him to manage the crew so i think that's more what you're getting into is like how do you how do you be someone who can also you can artist manage and you can also creatively direct Mm -hmm. all these other people on how to create your vision at the same time at the end of the day i just want to help people get to where they want to be because i've been blessed with the resources at my fingertips to do that you know and like it's it'd be a waste for me not to it'd be a waste for me not to help i i really agree with that statement we have a few people in our lives that are very talented in let's just say lots of different fields whether it's music or whatever and i literally get offended when they're not using it it's weird it like fully bothers me i'm like you have this gift and you have like the amount of people out there who have one have no idea what they're good at or two just maybe really aren't, aren't good at anything <laughs> <laughs> and you are blessed with this and you're cho- you're just like meh like that drives me batty i, I, agree. I really appreciate that you like you see it you you recognize there's responsibility that comes with that and and that you're doing something with it i think that's so important is there any hidden talent that you haven't had a chance to let blossom that you've kind of had to set aside in order to follow this path that you followed that like any sacrifices you've made you think in in some ways of your life because of the path that you're on um I, I guess producing more music mm. um, because I obviously if you're producing music, it's, it's a full time job. Yeah. And you're doing it um, because of your love for the music. But it's it's one of those things that doesn't have that like instant payout. You know, mm. it's super easy. though, Right. 
super easy. So easy. Um, so whipped out a track last night. Yeah. So, um, not being able to put my the love my love of music into music I want to create um, was yeah. amazing. It was a crazy sacrifice, but at the end of the day, I know it's for the greater good because I get to help other people achieve their goals, and I, I'm here to serve. You know. So. Do you sing? Okay, yes. I was wondering. I'm actually taking voice lessons right it's now. It's so different to talk to a person with these headphones on. And when we're talking into mics and we're in this sound whatever room. What do we call this? <laughs> sound deadened. Yeah. Um, I really, like, first five minutes of talking to you noticed your voice. And I was like, he has a really nice voice. So I've been kind of curious to ask you that because you Absolutely. sound like you have a singer's voice I, i've been singing my whole life um oh. that's another thing i've kind of sacrificed yeah <laughs> um but it's okay because i mean those things that you like put to the wayside you can pick them back up at any well, time you can and, hear it when you talk it's there it's not going anywhere no. it's just a matter of fine-tuning it and and then pulling it out of your back pocket and be like ta-da yep. Yep. in my spare time <laughs> Which is not very much. Yeah. I've been taking vocal lessons. Nice. Um, I think uh, Brad has been going with me as well. Um, we've been kind of doing it, serenading each it. other, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so so that's, that's what happens. That's, that's what ends so up happening. <laughs> Our car drives are the best. Oh my I god, it. I love it. That's all we do is sing to each other. You would love to be in a car with my children. <laughs> yeah. Oh probably. my gosh. Jordan, the first time Jordan went on like a road trip with them, he was so baffled. He was like, is this going to happen the whole time? <laughs> they sing. They tire out pretty quickly. But, <laughs> but they're when in they it. sing, they they're sing. And, and like immediately one of them takes the phone jack. They're like, oh, I'm in charge of music, right? And then they kind of argue over who's in charge of music. And then they have ADD because they're teenagers and so they'll play the song just to the good part and then immediately go to the next song I noticed that at the wedding (laughs) I noticed that at the wedding middle of the chorus you're like child let a song play and they're like nope we got to that part that's all you need to hear we're moving on what are your so obviously you like electron you like the EDMs right um but is there what else do you like so I mean I would say and this is probably gonna surprise most people I, I dance music second mm-hmm. um to the other music in my life i guess i'm definitely i've been a fan of r&b my entire life nice. i love the smooth baby making jams <laughs> you know um so i listen to a lot of a lot of non-dance music stuff nice most often but Is don't that, get me wrong and that's I what love. you're singing yeah exactly yeah that's what I'm i feel like that's also kind of a little bit of a secret to staying sane um like with dave because he was kind of the producer mindset and he would spend eight hours listening to a kick and go crazy and then he would go listen to hard rock and that was his style right it's a little bit crazier than some smooth but it was different yeah r&b but still the idea that i think is kind of lost on a lot of people they get so into dance music and they can't do anything else right and one of the ways we kind of talked about was like you know a podcast is another form of entertainment that's kind of helpful instead of always listening to music but i think having a different genre Mm -hmm. being able to go listen to something different and offbeat even if it doesn't tickle your brain stem the same way like give yourself a break from the constant thud of a kick i absolutely agree and it's i think it's really important for you to kind of come out of your comfort zone and I mean, we haven't all been listening to dance music our whole lives. So, I mean, I'm sure there's other things that people that make people excited musically. And for me, like R&B and 
soul will always be a part of my life because that's what I grew up listening to. So it's influenced the music that I play, the house that I play, even mm-hmm. the trance that I play. You For know, sure. it, it influence it's come from it comes from that uh, sector of my musical brain, I guess. To plug it again, that's another reason I'm interested in Justin J on Thursday for your birthday. Is yeah, he adds live instruments right. to like everything. It's gonna be great. Yeah, he he makes it funky and weird and interesting, and it's not just the same repetitive. Because like I know you can bang out some tech house. I love to bang out some tech house, but like. If I listen to Tech House all day long, right. every day, I would go fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, same. Like, could you imagine Chris Lake's brain? <laughs> Sorry. Uh... <laughs> Chris Lake is my ghost producer. <laughs> Shout out Friendzone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Shout out Friendzone. Seattle Tech House. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting thing too. Is that whole ghost producer aspect? Because I mean, that's become more and more intriguing. Like this temptation that's like lurking in the background of like, well, especially when you have like companies that are called ghostproducer.com. Yeah, you know? wow. <laughs> where you could like literally pay money for someone to produce a track for you. Babe, stop stressing about the fact that you haven't created a song oh, no, yet. No, no, no. Just get Chris Lake to do it. Yeah, <laughs> just just bust out I'm five grand. Where you can have it. You hit him up. So I sent you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's that tough temptation that I think arguably it's just going to make you fizzle out and you're never going to achieve your dreams if you pull something like that but it is super interesting with you know you get into instagram likes and facebook purchases like you can you can take that route and there's in in some ways now that's like a business must in order to survive the social media world but at the same time there's that temptation of like if i paid someone to produce a track i could get a tour all around the u.s right i was actually that's funny that you bring that up because I posted something today on on Facebook and I'm sure that you guys all saw it and was just kind of um, giving people that extra extra special love that they need to keep going throughout their day and let them know that they shouldn't give up or quit and someone posted on on the thread and it was kind of negative so I deleted it instantly obviously because we're all about positivity here and I messaged the person I was like hey man like what's going on and he he went on to say exactly what you're saying. He's, you know, I put my heart and soul in this music and I have helped a lot of people get to the point where they are with their music and I've ghost produced for a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. and now my music is not really out there, mm-hmm. but then I have my tracks that I've made babies, for people yeah, yeah. and they're touring the world and I'm fighting to pay my bills right now. Ooh. So it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things, you know, where it's disheartening to see, but I mean, yeah. it goes back to know your worth, right? Knowing your worth. Exactly. Cause like, as if, if you choose to be a ghost producer, you gotta be okay with that. Right. And it, there's only a few people, Chris Lake being one of them who like can still be a successful touring artist and also ghost produce for other people. Jack and make Stones. Fire. Jack Stones. Jack Jones. Oh, Jack Jones. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And um, so that probably should have been a chocolate, but <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. that probably should have but been like, chocolate, but. but so some of it. What, what's super interesting is that like the only thing that is is taboo. 
not illegal, right. not not like socially well, or morally wrong. It's, like, it's just frowned upon. Right. And so, so some people love to go on social media tirades about it and talk shit about it. Like it's, I, I love C. the C. whole Matt Chris Zell. Loke joke. Exactly. That's what yeah. I was talking about. But like, I also think Chris Lake is a fucking amazing producer. And to know that he goes produce someone else's tracks, like whatever, fuck it. The person who is playing those tracks has a lot of energy, has got a following, right. is able to be a persona and have some fun and craft that. And like, yeah, sure, they paid for that song, but they're not doing anything different than just touring as a DJ and having fun. And I see both sides of it. I really don't have a like opinion on either side. I mean, I just, if that's what you want to do and it's mm-hmm. going to allow you to be successful... Do what you got to do. By all means necessary, right? Yeah. So but what I think is interesting do, is the flip side. Every pop artist of all time yeah. has had songs written for them. Yeah. And if Ev- you- almost every major hip hop rap artist has had lyrics written for them, beats produced for them. Like, And the ones, the ones that are like, you know, writing their own music, it's pretty, pretty much known, you know, like, yeah. you know, like that. Someone like, and I'm using this as an example, Beyonce, you know, I know for a fact that she's writing a lot of her own music mm-hmm. because it comes from, you know, a place that she is expressing like, you you can't write a song for me that tells me about my journey. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's no, go, you can't go produce a song like that. Um, but there are people that, you know, you, you, you look at their albums and it's like, this was written by this person or this team of <laughs> yeah. people. There's a lot of wrote, credits. Yeah, a lot of credits. So the reason I say that is like, in their own way, those are the unsung heroes. They're, those are the artists. Those are the people that make our scene possible and viable. Because without them, you wouldn't have nearly as much good music. And so right. like, I, I just think it's interesting to flip the script a little bit. And I think it's like Armin Van... It's not Armin Van Buren, but there's another guy. Helden? Armin Van Helden. I think it's that. Duck who, Sauce? Um, no, I think it's someone else. No, it's not Armin Van Helden. It's, it's like a name that like isn't well known but he's like because he he doesn't ever his name isn't on anything i I remember reading some article a few years ago so it's escaping me but like his job is he's a ghost producer and he's one of the most well-known ghost producers but he has no tracks under his own name is it martin something yeah maybe Maybe. i don't know Uh, someone from holland because they all are fucking amazing at writing music (laughs) but like that i think is super interesting to flip the perspective because i know people like dave um, he, you mentioned like, you know, not having a persona up on stage. Like it, he has to be drunk on stage to have a persona. Right. Cause he has so much social anxiety about everything that's going on. So he wants to be a hermit in this studio. He doesn't want to go out. Right. He, he wants to make music and, and, those, and then those send Jordan exist. out there. Yeah, play they exist. It. Yeah. And so this guy has made a full living making a decent amount of money to just ghost produce tracks. And mm-hmm. to be honest, like I feel if our certain amazing producer friend Matt Zoe if he I feel like if he didn't have someone in his corner that was like kind of pulling him out of that show to be a DJ I feel like those like he might have been on the same you know wavelength it's like I'm just producing in my bedroom and you know and I'm not necessarily playing shows out so like maybe I should just produce behind the scenes and you know Make a good Make living. Make a good living, yeah. So. And mm-hmm. be able to produce music and have fun with it. I mean, think about how much more ethical that is to produce music for other people <laughs> than it is to work for millions of jobs out there right. that are like super shady, uh, just taking advantage of other people. And I feel like it's happening a lot more than we imagine or yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just know about the, the well-knowns, you know, but the, it's happening 
Well, it's just interesting. It, it's it's more apparent with people that are like media moguls, like Armin or Tiesto. Right. You brought up both of those names. Or Shaq. <laughs> like Shaq's producing Shaq's. <laughs> Wait, Shaquille O'Neal? Yes. <laughs> Shut up. Yes. But that's the thing. It's like... <laughs> But like wow. you look at you look at songs now that have Armin's name on it or like Tiesto's name on it. You're like, you didn't write this. This has wow. nothing to do with any music you've ever written. Now either their studio was used, they just put their name on it, or, or they walked into a room and they right. were like, oh, here's a chord progression I put together, or I came up with this idea, but I don't want to finish it. You finish it, or like I mastered the end of it. So like, there's a million ways that like a person's name can get put on it as a producer. Um, but that is tough for those people who are trying to hustle, who are, you know, had to, had to sell a few tracks in order to yeah. survive. And, and then now their stuff isn't. He popping. was very upset. That's he right. Very upset. And I, 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 he had every right to be, you know, yeah. because the, the system didn't work out for him in the way he wanted it to, you know, but because even more the reason not to give up. Right. And that's, like, that's what I expressed to him. I was like, yeah. you can't quit because of this, you know, and like, it's even more of a reason for you to grind and keep going. Right. It, it, things will come back around. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Our world comes in cycles. It only and, takes one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It literally only takes one and you will just suddenly have a track that, mm-hmm. and, and all those, and what I feel is super hard is especially in producing. I remember driving uh, Jeremy Olander like five years ago to Foundation, and Dave and I were in the car talking to him, and he was like, I was producing for 10 years before this guy named Eric Prids heard one of my songs. And he was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> this guy named yeah, Eric Prids. This guy named Eric Prids. <laughs> but like, he was producing for 10 years before anything yeah. came around, and people these days just look at the one-hit wonders and are like, I want to be famous right now. Mm-hmm. And... I'll tie that into kind of the DJ world. And again, these are kind of like taboo topics that like I'm not – I don't want to call anyone out for doing anything wrong because it's it's all very nuanced. But the idea of a respect for like moguls in the industry who have put in their time. And I can say producer aspect, but neither you or I are producers, so we don't necessarily know that life. We right. can kind of talk about it. But as a DJ, I feel like that's something that has been tough watching young guns – pop into the industry and have zero respect for the people before them. It's it's our jobs mm-hmm. as the people that have come before them to like educate. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I try to 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 do to do in every facet of this business where it's the production side of things, whether it's the music side of things, I try to educate because, you know, we live in a world where it's just that instant gratification. People want it now, but you know, you have to put in your time, you know, and people are, are doing that. Yeah, some, and they know. might not know that though. So right. it's part of it. It's not taking, not getting annoyed by the fact that they come in, right? You know, with a bit of disrespect for their elders, we'll call it, and more so being like, "All right, son, right, <laughs> have respect." I think it's up this to us to educate and yeah. let people like know like, what's going on, yeah, or what's really going on. Right, I like that perspective. Yeah, I think that's what's really going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the key because it's it's super easy to think you know mm-hmm. an industry oh i got invited to a someone's house afterwards and i went to this secret know-it-all party that like only the who's who were there and then like it's really interesting watching things shift and change and one minute the person whose house you thought you were at was you know the number one person in your city and then and 
a year later they're a nobody mm-hmm. and now someone else has taken over it can and it can happen in the blink of an eye mm-hmm. and and it's it's just so interesting watching that changeover and people come in and think they're the hottest shit instantly and it's tough because a lot of that comes down to the ego of someone who's been a little bit older the, the one example i use the best is um chris um wine garden yes wine garden yeah oh um, uh Chris, uh, what's his DJ name? Cronus. Cronus, yes. Yeah. My bad for that. I remember when I first came in and he was just like such a nice dude to me. And so I've always kind of tried to emulate him of just like when a new kid comes that I've never met, how do I be super nice to them and show them that like, yeah, I've been doing this a while, but I'm not an asshole. Because I, I got that show to, to me them, early oh, on. I know. And same, you know, I had people like Johnny Monsoon in my corner that yep. were just always like, you know, like it's, you, you're a DJ here, but like we have a bigger responsibility than just being a DJ. You have to be a good person, you know? And like, mm-hmm. it's it's and, and respectful and I feel like it's really, really important. And it's our job as the next generation to like train these, these young kids, young guns that are coming up right now and like kind of show them the way so they don't fall the wayside because like, especially nowadays there's 20 times more people doing what you want to do than there was 10 years ago yeah for sure i remember a point in time when no one wanted to be a dj now you your neighbor your neighbor's mom the grandma sister all want to be djs you know she wants to be i want to be a dj (laughs) well you should be a dj i do want to i know it's i've like embarrassed to say it why so cliche i don't know because that should be what he's doing but there's just so many times where I'm much more interested in watching what's going on than socializing. Right. Like I find myself getting closer and closer to the decks and like <laughs> wanting to see what song it is and wanting to watch the transition. I remember and- the first time Darius let me come on stage with him at a oh my God, that nine, and I remember standing behind and it was like this little festival. It wasn't a little festival. Mark was, was throwing actually, it. Was yeah. actually a big, was, big that last wide out was a big. That was one. at Tacoma was Dome. Like, yeah. Oh, you mean oh that was that. The one that's coming on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember going up on stage behind you and just like watching you DJ. I love like, it. Oh. Like I and I kind of start to feel a little bit like not social when I'm at things because yeah. I feel like people are like wanting to talk and I'm like, I don't really want to talk to you right now. I want to watch what's happening right there. And and then at home when he's prepping, I'll be there with my notebook, like taking notes and asking questions. I just kind of nerd out on it. So it's coming. I just have to take the time to sit down and start to play. You have it, my support. Thank She's, you. I, what I keep support. telling her is you got to download music. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you got to you gotta find music. I've mm-hmm. given her my little tips, but mm-hmm. you got to do that first. Sit down for like 10 to 30 minutes a day and download like 10 tracks that okay. you really, really love. Okay. I would say and that's that great advice for day. any DJ. What, where would you, what are, where are your go-tos? <laughs> you, are you can't ask I someone that, that question. <laughs> really? He's told me, but I guess you don't have to, you don't have to say that on here. I still have to share something with him. We'll do that before I leave. We can talk about that later. But we'll say chocolate right now. Chocolate. But that's really good advice. Sorry, Lauren. Yeah, that's true. Someone else asked that in the thread. That was Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, but I will say, um, a lot of promo lists, um, mm-hmm. um, DJ promo lists are like the tits. You okay. know, um, you get a lot of good, like unreleased stuff, left stuff that you don't even know when's going to get released. Promo lists are the way okay. to go. So if you can find the promo list, that's good. So without getting to chocolate, how does someone <laughs> get onto a promo list? Just you go, know? To the, go to their website, maybe? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I wish. Um, um. I guess um, when it comes down to it, it's like, you know, you, we all meet our favorite artist and yeah. you like, you'll start to establish a rapport with that artist. And then um, every so often when the releases are coming out, you get those releases first, Ooh. you know, so they'll send you like, yo, 
tell me what you think of this. And you're on a list of like the people that are their fans, which are going to give them the honest feedback on the tracks that they're, you know, coming out with. Okay. And before they even drop those tracks, like I've, I've had DJ friends or producer friends that are releasing EPs and have gotten feedback from their immediate fan base and mm-hmm. not release those EPs because the, their fan base didn't really think that it was worthy, I guess. Right. So, I mean, promo list. It's about quality okay. over yeah. quantity. Well, exactly. And those people that are closest to you, the people that listen to your music the most are going to tell you the truth. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by the DJ aspect, like, you know, creating a experience for people, but also creating songs, like right. making music. There's, I think it's just the way my brain works, like the classes that I teach and the 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 way that I map out the physical experience for people is not like, oh, I'm going to have him do a bunch of yoga poses. Like, it's very, it's on a lot of different levels um, um, of, mm, you know, mind, body, soul experience. And so for me, like, the music is exactly that. And when people are dancing and moving, I, like, want to, I want to manipulate that by what, I create right, and so I'm super drawn to it's, it. It's the, just the difficulty is it. in 2018. You have to have enough of an understanding of a computer and mm-hmm. right a digital workspace right. where you can create that and you can write down that information mm-hmm. technologically. Well, and time, like you have uh-huh. to put a lot of time. A lot it. of time, but the, yeah. but the time comes to understanding the program. Arguably, mm-hmm. if you understand the program, you can do it. Right. Okay. But that's that's the tough part is really learning it. And then once you've learned it, do you still have the desire to yeah. <laughs> write your information down? Yeah. That's the exhausting part. Well, right now I just have you do it all. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you. I have an this answer. one actually comes from my kids <laughs> okay. who are huge Darius fans. Um, so Bailey and Lisa and Jackson, we've gotten into this many times with them. They think that music can be boiled down to four categories. <laughs> And I, oh. they've act, and when I first told Jordan this, this she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But I kind of believe them, and they've they've like given me many instances. Like they'll play songs and they'll tell me the so there are four categories, and I don't know if this just comes from they're not millennials. What are they? They're borderline millennials. What's after millennials? That's a good question. I know we're just above millennials, and they're just below. Yeah. Millennials. Anyway, so they're like the nineteen to fifteen year old range, but and so I don't know if they created these four. I should check with them. Um, or like if this is just something in their thing, like, right? <laughs> but they say the four categories are a bop, an anthem, a vibe, and a banger. And that all songs can go into those four categories in their minds of a bop, an anthem, a vibe, or a banger. I disagree. Yeah? What's missing? Um, it's a tough one because I almost want you to like play a song. I know, I know right? Like, play a bop. We need to do some examples, right? Well, that's <laughs> what they bop? did is they started to play all these different songs and they're like this is an example of a bop. And they'd be like, this is an example of an anthem. And I, and then the more they did it, I was like, they're kind of right. Okay, so Jordan, <laughs> I posted that Eline for a song yesterday. And so good. it's really good. What category would that be in? It's not an anthem. Definitely not a bop. I mean, it's kind of, vi- it's definitely vibe. I would say it's, I would a, vibe. Say it's a vibe. I guess, I guess vibe and feelsy would yeah. be kind of the same. You're vibing. Realm. Okay, You're yeah. So that's where like, so okay. initial reaction to this is like, fuck no, know, there's and no now that way. I'm thinking about it, it kind of makes, puts things a little bit more in perspective, <laughs> but also kind of, it's, it's too specific. Yeah, it's too 
yeah. was specific. What's What's interesting too is that it's really hard to I think I think do that with electronic music. It's still totally possible. Mm. I, I, they've actually proven me wrong again that you still can <laughs> kind of do it. But if like you take just like music that people know of music, not electronic dance right. music, I think it's a lot easier to really put things into those categories. And I definitely think in like the the quintessential pop music everyday music we hear on the radio world yes yeah those yeah. are all they're absolutely right right um and yeah my argument would be that they haven't delved deep enough into something specific but then your kids also have delved really deep into corners of the <laughs> internet and so music industry i don't know what classical music would that be would that be feels oh. a bop or anthem or- i would say anthem I guess it depends on the classical right? music. I guess it depends on, yeah, it depends on which one. But I would say a lot of the more well-known ones are going to be... We might have to, uh, when know. we make this post, yeah. we may have to like make a Facebook post as well and then like tag Include examples. Yeah, oh, okay. and I, it'd be cool to he- hear other people's perspective. I'm like, you know, maybe there's a fifth category that yeah. we're not thinking about. Yeah, that's true. I should check with them and see if they've added any categories since. <laughs> On the millennial website. Uh, right. <laughs> We did a podcast with them where they literally just taught us their meme culture and language and the slang that they use. That's probably super interesting. It was. No, it was like stressful. No, I guess not stressful was the word. Like I, after an hour, my brain literally hurt. I felt like I was being taught a new language. It was so hard. I kind of felt like that just being at your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And interacting with them afterwards. It was. It's so crazy. You're really good with kids though. Yeah, I can't wait to have some. I was about to ask, like, is that a chocolate question? Okay, no, so you do not a chocolate have question. Kids. I want to have multiple. Okay. And you come from a big family? Um, extended family, yes. Oh, okay. Not a big media family. So do you want to have like lots of kids? I kind of want to have like three. Oh, three's good. Yeah, I was three. Yeah, yeah. I was three too. So I feel like that's a good manageable. <laughs> Are you the middle? the oldest oh well that's why you want three yeah i'm the middle and i would say it's not as favorable (laughs) um but yeah i mean obviously i'm gonna get what whatever i Mm -hmm. you know the lord blesses us with um but i'd probably want two boys and a girl Hmm. oh you got even that mapped out okay okay got the plan yeah I just want a little dude. He wants a little dude. I think two little dudes. So one little dude doesn't stress you completely out. Yeah. Because little dudes are, I was a little dude and I was (laughs) a handful and I'm sure you were a handful. Oh my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) Good times. Yeah. I jumped off a a table one or a deck once onto a table and I had like done it once before and it was fine. And then I did it again and the glass shattered underneath me. He also set off fireworks in his bedroom. Oh my God. So, I burnt yeah. down oh, the back of my grandma's house when I was like oh seven. <laughs> I have scars that are never leaving my body. So does that make you nervous at all to have kids? Because there is this no, karmic thing me. that happens where like all For the now. shit you put your family through is going to come right back at you. It excites me for now until it probably happens until and it won't happens. excite yeah. me anymore. Oh my God. Well, will you be um, Uncle Darius? Absolutely sweet, because we're absolutely we're gonna, we're in baby making mode, so Good. you can be Uncle Darius. I'm stoked for it. Yay! That baby's gonna come into a world of so much love. It takes a village, and I am pumped. I am pumped at all the cool people that we will get to have in that baby's life, and all the cool festivals we're gonna take it to. Can we take a baby to a festival? Yeah, I've seen babies okay, at Burning cool. Man. Okay, cool. 
sweet. Yeah, like, we, it's really cool when you see babies at Burning Man. You're like, wow, you're exposing your child. Yeah. At a very, 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 very young age. But hey, I think it's cool. It's just a city. Just another city. It's like taking your kid out to the city for the day. I mean, you're not going to take the kid to the the midnight dance party (laughs) at Burning Man. Exactly. (laughs) Taking it to the Mad Max side of the city. Or I forget what. There's actually a kid area of Burning Man. Um, What's it called? Mm, Um, Maybe Kidville? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Something like that. Playland. Yeah, Kidville. The Village of Children. Well, I'm excited that we got to chat. Yeah. I'm excited too. I'm really, really happy awesome. that you made the trek out here. I know with your busy schedule, it was probably not easy to do. But I was really proud of us. We, Between you and I, we picked a date on the calendar and we We did stuck it. to it. Yeah. <laughs> that you does know what? not happen I had very like, often. I had like a phone reminder set. Nice. And then an email reminder set because I have to like, or else I will forget. Well, we appreciate that you made the track. We love chatting with you. I think somehow, organically, we got to a lot of the questions that people asked, yeah. which is amazing. Um, if for some reason we didn't get to the questions, I know that there will be a part two, and you could always go on and just answer some of them online Definitely. if you want. And yeah, if anyone has any questions that weren't covered, feel free to reach out or wait till the next podcast. Yeah, is there any any last thing you want to to bring up or maybe just your socials or what's um, going on? I would say to everyone that is um is trying to do something in this world to keep pushing because it's really important that you don't give up and that you trust the process because if you manifest it it's going to come. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um you can uh, find me on Facebook the book of faces yeah Mm -hmm. um i'm changing my instagram name to darius does it oh Oh. i like that i think it's a little more catchy um it's darius music right now which will never leave but it's gonna be changed to darius does it i think it has flows off the tongue a little bit better because you're doing Um, it i'm gonna be doing it because you're doing all the things so um i like it yeah um also i'll be playing with this gentleman here on thursday for my 34th birthday and I'm going to be dancing and Night so club. excited. Make sure to wear them burner vibes because we're going to get sparkly. If Ooh, you, are we going me. sparkly? Okay, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outfit sparkle. coordinate with you. Sparkle, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> well, Sparkles. Sparkles. All right, Darius, thank you so much for coming. Thank it's you, guys. Love you both. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide. 